Salsa shark. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Man goes into cage, cage goes into salsa. Sharks into salsa. Our shark. Hey, it's uh, just tiny to the party. He's Bill. I'm Daniel. We're gonna fill up hot pills. Y'all are very peaceful. We never should for giant morale. There's a shark in the water. I did salt. The anglerfish gonna eat the world. That the first, that the working draft of this movie was the angry, angry fish was gonna eat the planet. Oh the my fish God. who ate too much. Yeah, so just because uh, today's episode happens to fall on 4th of July, we figured, what the fuck? We tried to think of a thousand different patriotic movies that we could cover for today's podcast. And this was... what I can't even think of what else we... T- like, everything else was either too long or not interesting or... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, if 1776 weren't three hours long, we could have done that. Mm. Um... And like, if you, especially if you look up a list of patriotic movies on the internet, it's always like Born on the Fourth of July and Saving Private Ryan yeah. and stuff. You want like actual patriotic stuff and not like propaganda jingoistic bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's anything inherently wrong with like Saving Private Ryan, but when people are like, no. Patri- brr, brr, brr. Um, I've seen Team America. <sighs> yeah, it's well, and that's the other thing too, because a lot of the stuff we could have used with it with. So uh, what? So you decided to you eventually fell back on the idea of Jaws because you had not seen. How much of Jaws? Because you you said you had seen parts of this movie. Uh, yeah. We oh, and and uh, we should point out <laughs> that Jaws is not really much of us. It's not a patriotic film. It's not what? Like, no, it's, that shark loved America. No, that shark was from Russia. It was trying to eat oh. America. <laughs> That's it's like it Red Dawn, but on the water. Um, mm. It just it's because it takes place on the Fourth of July, or at least a big wild yeah, summer does. movie. Yeah, so how much of the movie had you seen before? We're talking about the original had, Jaws. I had course. seen all of the interesting parts, so like 15 minutes. Oh, shit! <laughs> Damn! No, that's just a little funky This is joke. a 45-year-old movie, though. I, it it is, sure is. I'm lucky enough that I was old enough to kind of grow up with this movie and its mm-hmm. speed, and I can't mm-hmm. imagine what it must be like to go back and watch Jaws for the first time now. Even if you've already seen a lot of it, or even if you're used to the older pace of uh, older movies, but it is, it is a lot of Spoilers! Just, it is not going to keep me out of any bodies of water with fear. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, 45 years ago was a different time. Um, well, yeah, you go back and you watch the original Halloween or, or <laughs> Friday the 13th, and you're like, like, really? This is what scared people? Uh, I'm kind of curious to see, I don't know if we should talk about it now, but you were also really, like, you you seemed to be extra concerned about how fake the shark was going to look and how much that was going to sink the movie for you. I had to point yeah. out, you, you don't see as much of the shark as you think you would in this movie. Uh, it's true. In the last third of the movie, you see more of it, but it's still mostly mm. just a little bit of the fin. They they really get by mostly on those first uh, first person shots under the water. Oh, I thought you were gonna say season. yellow barrels and the yellow barrels. And I, this movie should have been called Yellow Barrels. <laughs> they explicit. I mean, they explicitly came up with the yellow uh, yellow barrel thing because the shark broke so much. Specifically, they were like, "What if they just tagged it with the barrels and the barrels could equal shark?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly why that happens for so much of the movie. I, I, I love in the fiction of the movie, the excuse is that, like, if they tag the, 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 the shark with the barrels, then it can't go underwater. And 
I think someone says, I mean, obviously they can track it if the barrels are attached to the shark, but I think uh, Quint even mentions that if they can get enough barrels on the shark, uh, maybe they can uh, try to keep it from diving down too far and they can drag it back into uh, shallow seas and drown it in, in the shallow water by the shore too, but... <laughs> It's... Yeah, because it really had a lot of issues in those shallow seas in the rest of the movie. <laughs> I, it's, that, this, that shark does attack those two people with a pot roast in, like, two feet of water. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's 1975 Jaws. It's Steven Spielberg's second movie. A lot of people mistakenly think this is his first movie. Um, actually, if you consider Duel, even though that was a TV film, this mm. is his second. This is, this is really technically his third film of notes. Uh, even though more people are know about Duel than they even know Sugarland Express, even though Sugarland Express was his first feature film, but uh, Sugarland Express doesn't feature any sharks or flying aliens or anything what? cool, so no one cares about it. <laughs> it's just Goldie Hawn and uh, the the dickhead EPA guy from Ghostbusters, just like mm. robbing banks in in, in Texas. Oh, um, I'm getting sleepy with the description. I know it's 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 kind of fascinating that after Jaws, after Jaws and Triggerland Express, he got to write his own ticket after that because Jaws is pretty good, but you wouldn't think that like so, he would be Steven Spielberg good after th- ha- just those couple films. But how old were you when you first saw it, Jaws? Man, I probably saw it on like <sighs> I was a weak kid. I must have seen it. Mm. Uh, whenever it first, uh, showed up on, like, Saturday Night Movie of the Week, it was probably, like, I, you know what, every time I think about the, hmm, I, I must have at least been under 10. I'm yeah. sure I could Google it to see when it first aired on, like, on normal, not even cable, but, see, like, an actual broadcast you probably, TV, like, but, um, watched it, and there was a scary moment where people were screaming, shark, and then all of a sudden a person with a commercial, and somebody was singing, I'd like to buy a world of Coke. Yeah, exactly, well, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would that be good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I do distinctly remember watching Close on the Count. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind with my mom when I was like, I was like, we, I was like five or six. I wasn't mm. much older than the kid in that movie. Uh, it must have been like 1982. Maybe and you were like, this is bullshit. Like Where's the shark? Why is this bullshit? I specifically remember it was the ABC Sunday night. or uh, It was the ABC channel because they had this specific neon glowy spaceship looking logo for the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was probably the Sunday night movie. But uh, yeah, Jaws. Yeah, I probably just saw on the same thing where it was like, yes, yeah, I night movie of the week a whole bunch of times. And of course, it wound up on HBO what? a whole bunch. And But you, you saw it early enough. You don't remember seeing it for the first time? No, it's... It's just I've bought it on every single format I've I could ever since I was uh, a kid and had enough money to buy uh, movies. I've bought Jaws on VHS. Jaws was what? Jaws actually I just realized Jaws is one of the first of the two Blu-rays or DVDs I ever bought uh, back mm. in the day when I picked up my first uh, DVD player in 1999. Uh, picked up a store model uh, like used uh, Best Buy uh dvd player and it was it just happened to be the same weekend that jaws and fight club came out right by uh, side by side on the same weekend and i picked up mm-hmm. yeah it was fight club and jaws were my first two dvds that i ever bought in uh, 99 and yeah ever since then i bought it on uh, i've bought the blu-rays i've bought i just you know i don't know on itunes and all kinds of stuff like that but um yeah i don't know if this movie holds up for anyone who a hasn't grown up with it B isn't a total Spielbergaholic, and mm-hmm. C, uh, if if you if you're not as old as I am, 
and kind of a little bit nostalgic for like that late seventies kind of vibe to things. Yeah. Um, just cause even, <laughs> just even the way everything looks and everyone's dressed and stuff like that. I was just old enough as a kid. I, that's some of this first kind of my first memories of how the world looked kind of looked like the world of Jaws in this movie. Yeah. Um, even though I was growing up in Texas and not in Martha's Vineyard, but, um, but yeah, I like, so I was, I was, I was super happy when I think you defaulted also, to this choice. Also, if you see it at a certain age, I think. Yeah. Like if you and, you may be you may yeah. be younger than you, but if you see it when you're little and impressionable, I think it might still. And especially if you if good. you're first watching one, there's not a lot of other competition for your uh, time. Yeah, it seems more interesting. Like Quint's gonna seem super badass when he's like the third badass guy you've ever seen in a movie in your entire life. <laughs> he's gonna yeah. see. I mean, Grant, even as an adult, Quint can still be pretty cool. But if you're just coming to Jaws now after seeing so many other characters inspired by characters like Quint, yeah, or you're if you... Basically, you're just going to be like, what an asshole. Well, you, what the fuck's wrong with this alcoholic guy with one tooth who can't decide if he's from <laughs> New England or Ireland or what is... What? Is, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, why is Mr. Hooper... Not Mr. Oh, no. The character's name is Hooper. Uh, oh, God. The... I'm trying to think of alternate Holland's names. Holland's Opus? Holland's Opus, that's the joke I was trying to make. <laughs> uh, you did what it. is Holland's Opus in this movie? Uh, God yeah, damn, I, I, it's, it's, I wouldn't say I disliked it, because I didn't dislike it, but... Also, Boy, it doesn't it doesn't live up to the hype for me. Ah, uh, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, no, it's fine. Like, if also... I didn't have a bad time watching it. It's just... So what parts like, had you seen before? Uh... Basically the opening and the ending. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you know anything about the basic like plot or like how the the, the, the story moved or anything like that? Kind of. I didn't know there was so much people just doing nothing. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling at the mayor in this movie. That's yeah. like that's a full third of the whole movie. It's just that, well, <laughs> that mayor getting yelled at. No, not really. Nobody's really yelling at the way. Well, I guess. Well, they're uh, kind of putting. Cooper does a little bit. A little bit. But but they're putting up. But mostly people are kind of like, yeah, okay, Mayor. I guess more people can die. Sure. (laughs) And that happens like four times, and then finally, uh, was it the kid? I can't remember what is it that the collie, uh, the Kinder boy gets wiped out. Hooper's, uh, Brody's kid almost gets eaten. Mm-hmm. My, we'll get there. my kid was yeah. out on that beach too. Um, but yeah, I've seen this movie so many goddamn times. It's ridiculous. Thank you. This is almost a little hand pack gift to me to, to do this yeah. movie today. Um, and now, also, I was making the joke about singing the Jaws theme at the beginning of the the episode, but for some reason, I almost started singing the Chill song from Doctor Mario because, <laughs> like, for some reason, I want to go. Now I want an alternate cut of Jaws where that is actually the shark's theme instead. It's the super cool hip Tanaka chip tune instead of like. And that's the other thing too, because like Jaws is such a cinematic cliche too. Just that music. Yeah. I could see this movie seeing ultra musty and. Just like this corny as shit, just because of that music. Nah, it didn't really come across as corny. Eh, okay. Because it's like Jaws, or, or not Jaws, and it's the, like the, Psycho or Citizen Kane, or yeah, like the, Casablanca, the, where you can totally actual, see the cliche the like, coming the like, up. It's used sparingly enough. Like, you know, okay, yeah. It doesn't get, they don't overuse it. So. Yeah. Although they, they are pretty consistent. If you have seen the movie enough times as I have, you can totally tell that they do not. 
there's a couple jump scares in the movie where they cut to the first person view to make you think the the shark is involved, but it turns mm-hmm. out the shark isn't there. But they do not ever break the rule. They never Steven drop the music. Spielberg just wanted some sweet, sweet underwater panty shots heading God, up towards girls' yeah, crotches. Yeah, you're sharing this movie. But yeah, they never break the rule that like the shark is never there without the music and vice versa. So at least that's mm. the guide. If 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 you can hear the music, that the shark is in play. But if you don't hear the, the the music, then it's just it's gonna be the kids with the the cardboard fin, or it's gonna be bad hat Harry, or yeah. Oh, bad hat Harry. Bad hat Harry and his little hacky sack teats. <laughs> that's the most haunting thing in this whole movie is that guy strawing off his little teats while he's talking to that chief Brody at the beach <laughs> that is it that is the most horrifying moment in this whole film anyway oh, we should probably man. start talking about the film yeah this movie opens just to look through the ocean for a little bit you just for a while for a yeah yeah with the credits and and then it's people on a beach having a good old 70 times smoking drinking and and looking unshowered as fuck, just like the seventies. These people, like, they have these, like, I don't, you know, they almost look like the, they have wigs on. They look like fucking Cro Magnon, a museum <laughs> exhibits, because they have this like dirty, unkempt blonde hair. They, they look like Wookies <laughs> from the from the holiday special. They look like they're like, I don't need shampoo. I'm just gonna wash my hair in the chlorine pool. I'm glad that most of these characters, most of these performers, are probably dead now because it's been forty five years. <laughs> This thing sounds like watching this movie. Think it's forty-five years now. You can actually guarantee that a lot of these performers are dead, especially anyone who's like, like over the age of thirty in this film. But yeah, but old saggy to Harry's still hanging on. <laughs> Bad hat Harry still drying his teats. His <laughs> Mister Burns, one hundred twenty-seven-year-old teats, still out there. Anyway, but yeah, there you there, go. there's people. There's drinking. Then suddenly the lady runs off and stuff. She and... makes yeah, she makes some eyes at the dude, and they're gonna decide they're gonna go swimming, and so they run barefoot through the sand. And I was as a paranoid adult, I'm just like, oh, they got step on something sharp. Where they shouldn't be running through those well, fences. Part of I was thinking too, like if you're gonna run like half a mile while stripping your clothes off, then you have to like spend the, your walk of shame the next morning is gonna be having to pick through like all your clothes through this half mile of beach that you've just you know, like ran through. Uh, but yeah. turns out the guy he, he's too drunk to really follow her underwater. He just kind of passes out while she yeah. she goes out and swims. Gets her- Gets her tits out and goes for a dip. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny to think this is a PG-13. No, 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 it's PG. Is it? Yeah. It's it's PG, right? It can't be G. Correct. Okay, no, yeah. It, well, no, it's not G, and it's not I say it can't no be PG-13, because that wouldn't be enough for another uh, nine years, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, under the water, it sounds, it sounds a bit like Back to the Future swimming up to her 70s muff. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it got that. It sounds that... like Back to the Future 70s muff? <laughs> no, it sounds like Back to the Future is swimming towards her 70s month. It's, it's got that almost, that... that oh, yeah, it, like, the, the time travel motif. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they use a little bit of that in Ready Player One when he uses this Mechus Cube. It's the, the, it's, it's the time travel tingle. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I never thought about that, because it is like... It's, it's probably the harp kind of doing a very similar, like, yeah. Yeah, they use the same musical sting in uh, the Muppet movie when they're sitting out in the desert. Oh, really? Night. Yeah. Still have to... Wait, the Muppet movie? Yes, the original Muppet movie. Huh. I need to... You know what? I've not seen that in probably a good decade or so. You know what that yeah. means? Not to bring up another excuse to, to, to break the rules of this podcast, but we can always do a month of uh, movies that we just have not seen in forever. Yeah. Like, um, I haven't seen... I haven't seen the Muppets uh, Great, the Great Caper for... Since yeah. I was probably, like, 
eight or nine, if not it's, younger. It's been a while since I haven't seen Caper, but it's been even longer since the first one. But uh, anyway, but yeah, so the lady swimming, yeah, they they very tastefully get around showing any uh, bush, even though she's pretty much obviously just fully naked in the water. Yeah, and even with Jaws swimming straight up her vagina and jerking her around. And then, that uh, is kind of brutal, because the way she's getting, you can totally tell it's not, I don't, I, like, I'm kind of curious to see as what kind of underwater apparatus they had to have attached her to, because she's obviously not, like, just throwing herself out in the water. It's like, she's obviously attached to something that's throwing her around in a way that she couldn't, fa that actress cannot fake herself, which that's yeah. kind of like, that's the kind of horrifying part of that scene. And then there's that moment where she clings to the to the to the dinghy, and then she thinks she's okay, and then suddenly she gets dragged down again, and she's screaming and gargling in the water. And yeah. actually, the sound design is probably more effective in this that that scene when she's screaming and gargling in the water than anything else. But yeah, yeah. And then Jaws drags her under the surface. What yeah. a jerk! One last flump, and that's it. I do like there's no big geyser of blood or anything like that. It's just like then that's that's it, and she's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's gone now, and the drunk dude is still drunk, passed out on the beach. Way to go, dude. He does nope. call it in, to his yeah, credit later which, on. You find out he, yeah, yeah. Which is surprising, because he should be so drunk, he can't remember it. Yeah, he could have. I wonder if his friends were like, hey, did you see Susie Christie last night? Like, what happened to him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, the next day, Brody, our hero, wakes yay! up. And he bitches about the sun is coming through his open curtainless window. Let's fucking put some curtains up, Brody. Goddamn. I mean, I, his wife says something about how it's different because they bought the house in the fall and now it's the spring or it's the summer. But it's it's not like did he, has he just kept all the windows closed until this morning and didn't realize since like last fall? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's not the point. But yeah. Yeah. He gets a phone call. His wife takes care of his son's bleeding hand. I've got nothing to do with anything. It just shows that they're a family and things happen. Spielberg does a lot of this in his early films where the kids just have these weird inner lives. Like the kid comes in. He's like, damn, I got bit by a vampire. <laughs> I know it sounds like, sounds like New Zealand. <laughs> But he's I was like, gonna say. well, and the weird thing too is because they obviously like, even though supposedly this family has just moved to uh, Amityville Island uh, from New York, his kids all sound like uh, fucking Boston cartoon people. Yeah. Like they obviously just casted whatever kids they could find on the island. So all of his kids are like, he dead. That's a wicked pisser. And so even when he says, like, I, I got bit by a vampire, it's all like, I got, you know, he sounds like fucking Matt Damon, not like a kid from New York who's just moved to the to the island. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. He gets, he gets a phone call, and then he goes and gets in his police truck and leaves. Yeah. The preppy, preppy 70s kid fills him in, and the girl gone dumb, vanished, vanished, but... Uh, yeah, Brody has a hard time listening to this kid while with those golden locks of his fluffling in the wind. <sighs> yeah. He's, that hair's oh, kind of so coming dreamy. back into fashion a little bit. But... Yeah. yeah. But then somebody blows a whistle and they run and find her body and a ton of crabs. And Brody proclaims, oh my god, this woman has turned into crabs. It's not the direction it I was expecting the movie to go. It's obviously just a wax hand, too. It's not yeah. very convincing. <laughs> they Obviously, Tom Savini had not, like, ascended to the point where he'd be doing the makeup effects for stuff like this, but... Yeah, what are you going to do? And did, you, you definitely do not recognize the uh, deputy who call, blows the whistle, but we have seen him in a movie within just the last couple of weeks. He oh, played... I was going to say, what Star, or Star Wars bit character did he play? Uh, you'd be surprised. He was the motorist <laughs> in Clue. He's ah. 
Uh, okay. Not the black guy, but what? he's... <laughs> Well, I, I guess there's only so many people show up at the house who are not the main characters, but they all still whoa, end up whoa, getting whoa. killed. So this young white. <laughs> Which is funny, because I noted this when, we were, when I was looking up Terminator for Clue. He is I, not the black guy from Clue? <laughs> Weird. Is, is there any black people in this movie at all, actually? This is a fucking honky. That's the other thing, but this movie's honky as shit. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah, they pick up Crab Hand. <laughs> I yeah. just noticed too. I'm watching the movie right now as we're talking about it. I didn't realize uh, Brody's actually been picking up her her, her artifacts, her clothing mm. and her person stuff uh, off the beach. Uh, that's oh, okay, a nice little detail. And then at the office, uh, Brody's filling out his paperwork when some old lady who we never see again talks to him. And I think it's supposed to be his secretary. Yeah. Yeah. One I of my so. this one of my favorite little details. Again, this is Spielberg. Uh, something he does a lot in his early films is like. He has this weird cacophony where he has people talking over each other, and yeah. while Brody's like trying to like fill out the death certificate for uh, uh, Chrissy the, the 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 swimmer, uh, his secret his secretary's just talking about like, oh, you gotta go over there. The karate stands are karate chopping the fences, and it's yeah. all just like there's lots of crazy shit going does, on. And does he do that anymore? I haven't seen a Spielberg movie in forever. No, there's this and Close Encounters are the two big. Well, there's a little in ET. A little bit in ET, and that's kind of it. Because mm. uh, and he, well, he kind of stopped doing movies with like little kids like running around and and even like this thing where like he has like lots of random background. Like, there's a whole we're coming up to the scene in about two seconds where uh, like dude, there's a whole conversation between two characters that takes place in the middle of a parade for no reason. Yeah, like Spielberg is a big fan of just having just random shit like acoustically happening for no reason, which I always thought was kind of an interesting affectation. But anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, gets, Brody's typing out this shit, yeah. He gets a call from Medical Inspector, and then he writes the cause of death is shark attack. Aw, oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. So he leaves to go buy some signs so he can make the beach clothes signs. Yeah. Then he and there's a out. little bit where he knocks all over the, the paint supplies while he's, he, while he's buying the paints, the, the, the sign stuff. I always thought it was kind of nice. kind of shows how... Uh, and the movie goes out of its way to show that Brody is kind of a bumbling everyday man, even though he's like supposed to be this experienced hardcore New York cop. He's also mm-hmm. just kind of like a dipshit, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he finds out that there's some Boy Scouts doing their morning swimming, and he wants to go stop them, so he heads out to the beach to stop them. And the mayor finds out, they chase him down and say, nah, 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 there's no shark. You, no, you can't close the beach, there's no shark. It must have been a boat. I'm a sleazy mayor who wears a suit with anchors all over it. Come yeah. on. Oh, this is the me. scene where they catch up to Brody, because Brody's trying to get out there. But, like, there's this crazy one-shot scene that's all just shot on this uh, car ferry where, yeah, the mayor drives up with, uh, it's pretty much him and all the other heads of the community being all like, hey, uh, we, we saw that you're going to, Tell everyone this is a shark attack. You can't do that. Yeah. And yeah, they, they've got the medical examiner there, and he swears he's gonna uh, swear to the idea that it must have been a, like a boating accident instead. Mm-hmm. And even Brody's very specifically, he's like, "You're gonna attest to that, right? Like, if you say that, you're gonna stick by that." And he's like, "Yes, I will do that." And, yeah. And yeah. since I hadn't seen this uh, before, I saw it. I didn't know that the the mayor in Clyde with a Chance of Meatballs is basically this exact dude. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, if you've ever seen Poltergeist, uh, Poltergeist, the villain in Poltergeist, is the same actor playing pretty much the exact same character too. Like mm. this guy made uh, for like the nineteen uh, for like a couple years in the late seventies, early eighties. He, I guess, he just became a stock. 
evil yeah, dude so they, in they domestic gonna, weirdness. They were gonna close the beaches, but nah, I didn't leave them open, so later Brody's sitting on the beach getting nervous as shit. And some kid wants to go back in the water, but his 105-year-old mom is like, no, you can't go back in the water. Your fingers are pruning. People aged oh, no. differently in the 70s. Pruny fingers? Like, no! How yeah, will he survive? This kid is Alex Kittner. This is going to become a big plot point in a bit. But yeah, he's, he's all like, I'm going to go swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know what's extra greasy too? Because then, like, uh, fucking Brody's wife is talking to these like super bronzed uh, people who own hotels on the island, and like this dude's wife is super brown, and she's got like this perm, and there's this the the dude that she's talking to is just like this like skeezy madman kind of guy, and there's just like again, it's they're having this whole conversation while Brody's. Like trying to keep an eye on the horizon because he's, you know, obviously he's the only one in town worried about the shark shit. But yeah. Yeah, he's and like, Alex there's Kittner, a shark gets... in those waters. I'll, I'm yeah. going to jump in or something. Uh, Alex Kittner goes out in the water. There's there's a guy mm -hmm. playing with his dog Pippet, uh, yeah. with a stick doing yeah. fetch in the water. It's some fat lady who's the jaws is like too big of a meal for <laughs> me. Is... Thanks. How lucky did that? Fit? There's three objects in that water. There's a dog, a boy, and a. 600 pound fat lady and it's the fat lady's the only one who makes it back in and the, the kid singing the muffin man oh yeah some old dude with saggy tits says the water sure is cold the tension is building everywhere michael hafford that's oh, bad hat harry yeah well, it, yeah uh brody stands up and says that's one bad hat harry uh because the uh, saggy uh hacky sack tits guy is all like <laughs> rawr, rawr, rawr. Um, the, the dog is missing. Fuck this movie. <laughs> what will happen? And then oh shit, shark you know music. What? They shoulda, they shoulda just insinuated the fat lady and everyone else when when no one's looking. <laughs> Every time there's a camera cut, there's just more muffins missing from everyone's beach towels. And <laughs> I'm as a fat guy, I can make these fat jokes. Mm, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, but anyway. then the shark music kicks up, and that kid gets fucked up. Oh man, it is rough because it's <laughs> one the of the bloodiest things in the movie. It's it's I, like how did this? How is this a PG movie? Because this that's is a what, fine question. This is like the most torrential outpouring of blood you see in the whole movie, and it's actually one of the few legitimately great shark effects in the movie too. It's because you get to see it so far in the distance, but you get to see the shark kind of roll out of the water and like do a 360 in the water with the with the boy in its mouth, and it just like fucking. Like, there's 20 kids worth of blood pouring out of the kid. And yeah. then uh, that's when it cuts to the famous shot of Brody where it does a do dolly zoom where, like, space warps, where he realizes what's happening. And he goes, oh, shit. And all hell Was that an effect that was really used in movies before, Josh? Not much. Uh, uh, Hitchcock had used Hitchcock, it once or I was twice. Say Hitchcock, Spielberg yeah. was a big fan of it, so he was pretty much just looking for an excuse to do that himself. And, of course, this was it. I think it's the thing where... Uh, you're simultaneously pu pu physically pushing the camera backwards while zooming the camera lens uh, forward. Yeah. So the, technically, the person kind of remains roughly in the same uh, space away from the camera, but like the, the the focal length of everything gets changed and all distorted, and yeah, it does create that kind of like weird like distortion effect that ever. And Jaws really helped popularize it as much as anything else, because yeah, because yeah, it's Jaws. And the kid on the beach is like, is that the Muffin Man? <laughs> that's actually, uh, Brody's got two kids, and that's his little baby kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then everyone gets back in. 
the dude is yelling for Pippet. Pippet's not coming back. And then Alex Kittner's mom was like, where's Alex Kittner? Oh, no. Oh, no. That boy's wrath got eaten. It was full of red pudding. There is a fucking cranberry juice all over the goddamn beach. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And now his anyway. mom wants a reward for the person that kills the fuck out of that shark. Yeah, she's put up a $3,000 bounty. Uh, and this just kicks into a big scene at this, uh, whatever passes for Amity Island City Hall, which seems to be, yeah. like, a small bed and breakfast, practically. Um, yeah, Brody's, the sh uh, the th there's, uh, a newspaper guy, the, the head of the local newspaper, who's actually played by the guy who did most of the writing of the script for this movie, mm. Carr Gottlieb, uh, is talking to Brody, and everyone's, like, walking over to the, to the main city hall, and, I'm sorry, go ahead. The shitty mayor bangs a shitty gavel and asks if there's any questions. <laughs> And another dude makes the joke, Is that $3,000 cash or check? Funny joke? I mean, you can get away People with laugh? it because presumably the lady who's mourning is at, like, the funeral home with their kid. But <laughs> they, the, the, the permed older lady who who's at the beach earlier, she is all disgusted. She's like, oh, I can't believe he would say that. Oh, my God. Wait, I, could it, what, what's the joke? Because everybody yeah. acts like it's a funny joke. Yeah. But did 70s cash and check work differently? It's 1975. No one had even Atari yet. <laughs> Standards <laughs> for jokes were different. Oh, okay. Oh, you still had just and Mad it, Magazine, you know, and I'm, that was it. I'm sure the dead kid would be slapping his knees if he still he had would be like, That's a pretty good one. <laughs> anyway, so, none of this matters because shit gets fucked up in just a second. Well, they're bringing the index of deputies and shark spotters, and they'll be closing the beach for 24 hours, and everybody's like, Oh, what? Oh, no. Sure, two people have died, and one was a child, but close the beaches? Yeah. We make enough and money from people swimming in the water to lose, like, eight kids. Six or seven more if they're chubby. Well, it is great, because you can totally see that the mayor is waiting to gauge uh, the crowd's reaction to Brody saying that the beach is going to be shut down. That's when he says, oh, it's just going to be shut down for 24 hours, for 24 hours, uh, when we're going to figure something out. And then so, Brody's like, I didn't agree to that. What the fuck are you talking about? And like yeah. at, at every possible turn, Brody's power, he's the chief of police, but every at every turn, his power is being robbed from him by the fucking dipshit mayor. Uh, it's super yeah. emasculating, which I always thought was a kind of interesting, yeah. But, but yeah, there's a bigger fuffle. Everyone's yelling at each other. Yeah. <clears throat> With nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> this and is... Uh, I, this is what... If you want to talk about technical things in this movie, these people have only been in this room for about 30 seconds, which means in that 30 seconds, Quint had to very quickly <laughs> sneak into the back of the room, very quickly draw a picture of a person getting eaten by a shark on the blackboard and set himself up so he could do the super dramatic entrance because that that blackboard and the drawing of the shark and stuff are not there when everyone comes in so yeah yeah I, like despite well, he's supposed get... to be so cool and badass like the, uh, the preparation he had to do for this had to be something so then he gives a speech and he says big shark Ooh, so big. Swallow your whole nasty guy. Oh, so nasty. Big I'll nasty. I my neck from, from more than 3,000 bucks. I catch yeah. him, but no catch him for three thou. No, no. Find him for three, sure. But for big number, murder, ten thou. For ten thousand, head, tail, whole thing. No butthole, though. That's nasty. Throw the butthole back in the sea. <laughs> that cookie monster? Yeah. Thanks, Quint. We'll yeah, take that good, under advisement. Good luck anyone actually doing a passable Quint. Because it's such a specific... That, that, that whole performance is so unique to Robert Shaw that I don't think anyone else could even really do a parody of it that well, but yeah. But yeah, he just gets up, and then everyone's kind of like, what? And then he just leaves, and he's got, like, this little buddy with him. 
who's actually walking a little like toy poodle or something, a little toy dog. Yeah. And like I love he has this yeah, he has his own little 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 weirdo fisherman entourage that that, what, that that walks out with him, but yeah. What are you talking about? Nobody could do a passable quinn impression. The, the episode of The Simpsons where Bart gets caught in the well that'll he'll get the kingdom for free. Was that a thing? Yeah. I don't watch The Simpsons. You should that's one of the first episodes. I know exactly. You should remember that one. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, but... Yeah, and this one of the slowest parts of the movie comes up here, where it's only because yeah, of the Brody at home just reading books. Well, Yeah, and then they put up signs saying the beach is closed, and Brody oh, okay, yeah. has to read books about sharks now. He's got to get inside the head of a murderer. It is, I do appreciate, like, they're trying to add a pinch of horror here, because this mm. is really kind of technically the slowest part of the movie, because this is when just not, not much is happening, but I do, like... The, this movie does go to a crazy well, length. Like they show off a lot of real I mean, photos yeah. of real shark attack victims in this scene while he's yeah, but it, it, le- it lessens the infat- impact of the shark photo victims. And when he, he turns the page, every time it's a shark attack victim, Brody goes ew. <laughs> he goes yuckers. <laughs> oh, oh gross! It suddenly turns into Martin Short for a moment. Uh. His wife uh, comes in, asks him if he wants to get drunk and fool around. He says, after looking at these photos, you bet. Oh, I'm primed to fuck a hole in your leg, wife. <laughs> uh, and there's a whole joke here about, like, where she's like, okay, where's where's our kid? And he's like, oh, he's out in a boat enjoying his present. And yeah. then Brody's like, oh, shit, I don't want him out in that boat. And she's like, oh, you know, if we're going to boat again after what I said today, and I don't want that to happen. And then he looks at the picture of of people in a boat getting attacked by a shark, and then she sees the picture, and she says, did you listen to your dang out and now? Yep, and then she turns the page and sees a drawing of a shark with wings flying through the air, attacking people, and screams, Even land isn't safe! And runs back inside. She pulls out a gun and starts shooting at the clouds, and it just it's a, it's a fucking drawing, lady. <laughs> it's not a documentary! It's not happening now! It's not happening in your hands! Yeah. She just throws the book down and starts beating it with a baseball bat. Shark! I saw the shark! It's right here! <laughs> Turns out she's, she grew up in an Amish community, and this is just her first, like, summer out of, like, outside of that community. Oh, my then, God. Did the Amish read books? Yeah, that doesn't require electricity or technology. Yeah, okay. I don't know how far back in time they go. Like, is it, like, pre, like, uh... Oh, anyway. So then at dusk... Dusk. Dusk. Uh, two dudes chain up a roast to the dock with a tire and throw it in the sea. Good plan? $3,000 buys a lot of roasts. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So the next day, Brody's looking at some books on sharks. Oh, it was the same day, because it goes from to back to the dudes on the dark. But it was daylight a second ago, and Brody was looking at the books? Okay. Yeah, what are you, what you gonna do? This movie plays around a lot with time and the, 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 the night sky and things like that. Yeah. What's more amazing is these guys plan to, like, lure the shark in with a pot roast on a dock, like, five feet away from shore actually works. I mean, they're not, well, they're not, they're no closer to catching the shark than anyone else, but the fact that they managed to lure it in, like, with a pot roast? Yeah. Quint didn't have to do anything he did in this movie. All he needed was another pot roast and just sit on the beach yeah, and just, like, all those fish people, like Popeye. All those people chum in the water with fish. Jaws doesn't like fish. He likes cow. He likes a good roast. Yeah. If you throw in some potatoes in there, shark will be like, fuck yeah, man, I'm just coming after your dinner. Yep, the tire gets pulled out to sea, and the two dudes act like this is a shocking outcome, which yeah. I guess I didn't expect much to come from it either. 
So well, yeah, they both. Well, the the, but, the shark pulls uh, but, the whole pier away from the uh, from the, the from the beach, and so they're they're both dunked into the water. And there yeah, is a great well, moment though. You see the the pier, the wreckage of the pier being dragged off into the distance. And you suddenly see it slowly start to turn around, and the music, which is already boom, 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 suddenly goes like the bass really kicks, and it's like boom, 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 and it's yeah. like oh shit! And but they do. I'm actually surprised the movie lets them survive this scene because they are they should have gotten fucked up, but they barely get back up onto dry land. From the moment oh yeah, it starts chasing up. Johnny. The dock is coming after him. Yeah. it's like I shall take you to destroy a dock. This is it one really- of the rare times where I think. That the dock. This is one of the rare time, uh, the, one of the few times in the whole movie where I think an object standing in for the shark was intentional. I think every other time in the movie, which is almost all the times in the movie, <laughs> that was the result of the 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 shark being broken for most of the time. But yeah, this is the one time in the movie where I can kind of believe that this is kind of by design that you're supposed to be scared of a dock coming towards you. But yeah, and they survive. Hurrah, hooray! These dipshits. Yeah, and then it's because uh, their plan was to catch. The shark on the chain. They don't even have any weapons. Like, they don't even have, like, a baseball bat. Like, once they caught the shark, maybe they were hoping that, like, it would just stay caught and they they would stay alive and they'd just call the police and everyone just come and go, point at the shark and go, ha ha, we caught you? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, the next day... It's, it is the next day, and everybody and his brother is going to Yeah, this go whole movie takes place over the course of, like, five days, yeah. And try to catch him a shark, and Hooper from the Oceanic Institute arrives, and after meeting Brody, asks if he can see the first victim body, and Brody tells him he's sorry, but she's turned to crabs. <laughs> and people are chumming the water, tossing <laughs> explosives in the water, it's a big... This is it's, pretty it's, great. It's, this is... It's, a, it's a big fucking ocean, but they're like... Ten or so boats decide they should all just huddle around each other. And then, like, throwing firecrackers at each other, and it is, and there's, like, a couple of guys trying to chum, but they're practically pouring blood and guts all over each other. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty great. Well, meanwhile, there's, there's all this calamity going on. Uh, well, there's also, actually, one of the guys who uh, gets a little bit of focus in the scene is the character of Ben Gardner, who he's wearing like an orange uh, vest and he's got a little bit of a mustache and uh, the camera lingers on him a little bit during the whole scene montage scene where everyone's like you know like throwing a uh, uh, chum and, and firecrackers and stuff in the water and he's like rambling about something like we're gonna make them t- we're gonna make that fish never regret it ever the uh, met its mother or something like that that dude is supposedly the uh, extra that the guy who played Quint based Quint on in terms of like his dialogue and inflections and stuff. Even though if you mm. kind of go back and rewatch this movie with that in mind, there's absolutely nothing Quint like about that character in the film. But anyway, mm. but anyways, cacophony going on. Yep, and Hooper gets to look at the body now. It's being kept inside a small box in a fridge, as you do. I do like how Richard Dreyfus is totally taken aback because, you know, he wants to go see the remains of the victim, but he's obviously not expecting the remains to be so little enough that it just fits inside essentially a Tupperware bin. Yeah. And when, yeah, when Brody pulls that out, he's like, huh? And then, yeah. And it's the quarter's like, don't worry, I remembered to burp it. <laughs> it's funny because the the, 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 the the medical examiner there is there. And uh, Richard Dreyfus, there's actually an old uh, SNL skit that came out soon after uh, Jaws came out where I think it's Jim Belushi doing just a whole parody of 
Richard Dreyfuss is acting in this scene, where he's all like hyperventilating while looking at a Tupperware container, and like, mm. oh, oh, I need a drink of water. Uh, this is a Glaucus Sakamakas Moose. This was no boating accident. Did you get out? Did you did, did you tell the police about all this? Blah blah blah. But anyway, whenever I think about that scene now, I think about. It. Once again, another hilarious 1970s SNL sketch. Exactly. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Uh, but yeah, so Richard Dreyfus now confirms that, like, yeah, this is yeah. all shark shit. And well, not he, get, that, yeah, he gets not super that, sweaty upon seeing it and lifting up a partially eaten arm for the PG-going crowd in movie theaters to see. A weird cut because he's, like, just talking about stuff and suddenly he picks up... It almost seems like they're covering up some kind of a weird edit because he picks up uh, the crab arm... And then he says, this is what happens. And he doesn't say anything else. He just kind of lifts up the arm. And then mm. it cuts to something else someone else is saying. It almost feels like there was a more of a supposed to be like more of a little bit of a scene there or something like that. But do you, th and do you think he might have said like, this is what happens when you give too many hand jobs? <laughs> Your forearm just explodes and it ends <laughs> up on the beach. He was just <laughs> and actually, yeah, actually, the, the her boyfriend just happens to walk past the window while they're doing the examination. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you guys. Chrissy was <laughs> was was jerk off queen 1974. <laughs> she blew her arm out literally and figuratively. But anyway. then Hooper's like, hey, idiots, this wasn't a Bodie accident. This is a big ass shark. I know the medical <laughs> examiner is dressed like the 1970s came to life and he has a face like he was born in the 1870s but even he should know that this wasn't a fucking blow. Medical examiner looks like a Venture Brothers character. He looks like he <laughs> should be uh, who's t uh, uh, Henry Killinger? Henry, Henry Kin Killingsworth? No. Yeah. Hey, wait, have you seen, you've seen Venture Brothers, right? Yeah. Who's the character they, who's uh, Henry uh, I, I, Kissinger in that movie? Yeah, Kissinger. Yes, Henry it kind of looks like that. I mean, Henry it doesn't sound yes. Which Nobody. I could have just said he looks like Henry Kissinger. But. Yeah. Nobody must know I dropped my glasses in the toilet. <laughs> Glad that show's coming back soon. <laughs> anyway, yeah, still more montage of people trying to fish with, like, just well, homemade fishing implements. A shark's been caught, and there's some fuckers oh, yeah. shot at with arrows. Because that seems like there's some shit you'd see in a parody version of this movie, but I guess in the 70s, your options were limited when you were hunting sharks. Yeah, and, uh... People are like trying to check it out, trying to figure out what kind of shark it is. But Hooper comes up and says, "Oh, it's a tiger shark." And this big fat guy next to the shark. Well, it's one of the lines in the movie I, that I always remember. He goes, "Oh what? Oh what?" Yeah, he just like Spielberg really leans into these guys being fucking yokels yeah, in this scene. Like they're fucking fishermen. They should know shit. Yeah, it's weird that Hooper is the only one who's actually seemed to have ever seen a fish in this fishing community. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's Tiger Shark. Yeah. Hooper pulls well, and Brody. everyone's celebrating because they think they've obviously caught the actual shark. But yeah. uh, Hooper's yeah. a little suspicious because he quickly measures the shark's mouth and realizes it's too small for the bite radius of the wounds on the victim that he just examined. And Yeah. And even, uh, there's, there's a great little bit that's easy to forget, but, like, Quint is in the in the background uh, scooting uh, by on his boat, and he's just kind of cracking up to himself while watching everyone freak out about this uh, this this shark on the pier. Yeah, and one of the guys waves to him and says, We caught the only shark in the ocean! He's <laughs> like, you fuckers. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, Hooper tells that the, the, the mouth isn't the same size, and uh, the sharks digest super slowly so they can cut them open and see if the kid's inside. Oh, the, yeah. Because this is just the day like, after the kid got eaten. Yeah, the mayor's like, Ah! 
no, we don't need that little kid just looking out onto the dock. That's yeah, the spilling idea. out all over the dock, and yeah, which is a good point. I mean, there's a way to more discreetly do a half-assed autopsy on a fish, but yeah. he also he just really doesn't want to like ruin this prey because now these guys have miraculously solved this problem for him. And, yeah, he says and now in the it's not of, the time or their place. Yeah. And then the mom's grandma, I mean, his mother comes rolling in. <laughs> Ambiguously aged woman. <laughs> Looking 70s all over. Uh, oh, and God. She comes in into her funeral attire and slaps Brody in the face and says it was hers. His fault her kid was dead because he didn't close the beaches way to way. And the mayor jumps in and says, now hold up, lady. There's no need to put any blame on this man's shoulder for put it unto me. Or it is I who to, to told him to keep the beaches open. I'm just kidding. He doesn't stay there. He just stands there like a pussy till she walks away and then mumbles under Get his breath. Get it? Because Brody She's was wrong. the guy, one guy trying to fight for the community. Now he's being blamed by the community. Get it? Get uh, it, man! If I was Brody, I'd be like, "Hey, this motherfucker right here told me to keep the beaches hey, open. The, Talk to him." To this piece, he, he should, the moment she slapped Brody, Brody should turn around, slap the mayor, turn yeah. into a Three Stooges routine. <laughs> Mayor's like, "What the fuck was that for?" He's like, "You know what that was for? Fuck you!" And Hooper's like, "Whoa, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. is going on in this, this town?" What a colossal pussy! Yeah. So she yeah, ruined anyway. everybody's shark murder good time. <laughs> That's actually the name of the chapter stop on the DVD. <laughs> so now Brody's just at home being sad. This is and one of the nicer character moments for Brody because yeah, well, he's, yeah. he's his, at dinner. He's with his kid. His kid is mimicking every, his every move because he wants to be like his dad. Yeah. Or he's just being an asshole, I can tell. But <laughs> it's just, No, he's actually brutally... This is not a sweet moment be between a father and son. It's turned out his son is just brutally mocking him at every fucking turn. Yeah. He just doesn't it, realize what a fucking Dennis Millerish dick this kid is. It might be cute if the kid didn't look like the devil. <laughs> oh, you never see it at the beginning of Jaws 2, but when Brody comes in and explains everything that happened at sea at the end of this movie, the kid's all like, Oh! me the shark's gonna get me smile you <laughs> son of a bitch beep, 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 beep. Mm -hmm. you're gonna need a big boat daddy did you get a bigger boat no it ain't a fucking boat <laughs> fuck you when do i get a boat <laughs> so then hooper shows up and asks if he can talk to brody he brought wine he didn't know red or white so he got both <laughs> brody's like fuck yeah i'm gonna drink both of those you didn't bring any for you yeah. He does pour himself a whole fucking glass of wine and even Hooper's like, you might want to let that uh, breathe out now, okay? Yeah. Well, he he, it's also the fact he just pours it into this glass with brand, rum or... Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it. Well, Hooper reciprocates by stealing uh, Brody's dinner and starts eating it, too. Like, it's a big fucking pork chop with green beans and shit. Yeah. Actually, it looks really good. I haven't had dinner yet. Yeah, and Hooper anyway. breaks the sexual tension by asking Brody how his day was, and he st starts eating some food. You know in the book, Hooper, there was a whole subplot where Hooper was actually banging Brody's wife. Oh, alright. Yeah, anyway, but yeah. So, uh, he asks him if he's into sharks, and they start talking about sharks, and the shark ate his boat, and he's gonna tell Yeah, you get some... a Hooper's little bit of backstory in this scene, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna tell somebody that there's still a shark out there. And Brody says they should have one more drink and go cut that shark open. Which they do! They go cut I the shark I can do that, open. I'm the chief of police. They find fish, a license plate, lots of stink stink yucko, but no little boy body. You, you, did a, you did get a lot of Richard Dreyfus just dry heaving in this. Yep, yep. yep. Hooper's like, there's no little boy body in there. It looks like Jared's already been through here. What, Jared? 
<laughs> Wait, he did it from Subway. Jared is the child molester, not the child eater. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> okay, I think. <laughs> Movie done. Anyway, okay. uh, oh, I lost my place because of my terrible joke. Oh no! But they, they cut open the fish. There's no kid yeah. in there, so they realize, okay, the real shark still must be out there. So next thing, yeah. they're on. Uh, Hooper's got a super fancy super boat, which I wonder why they didn't use. I'm mean, granted, I know. I guess Quint wants to use his own boat and equipment to hunt the shark with later, but uh, Hooper could have at least brought this super fancy boat that he owns along, because yeah. it's at least as big as Hooper or as Quint's boat. And it's obviously way better and just cooler, but anyway, they go out looking for the shark because uh, Hooper thinks it might be feeding uh, late at night. Yeah, and it was a weird. The weird part is the, the boat is voiced by the the uh, principal from Boy Meets World. It's a laser boat. Yeah, I because I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if there were Jaws, Jaws cartoon, they would have probably turned turned Hooper's boat into like some kind of like super shark hunting fortress. Actually, the shark would have been a character. Would have been Jabberjaw all over again. Yeah, and Brody's drunk. It's a great time to hunt for sharks. Cooper's rich. Yeah, you find out it's, Cooper's super rich. Boat. Yeah. They look me, for the shark. <laughs> What's with... my worth? Me or the whole family, yeah. Yeah, they look but... for sharks with beeps and boops and that thing that Spock looks into on Star Trek. <laughs> kind of, yeah. They find out something else is in the water out there, and they find Ben Gardy's banged-up boat. He's a fisherman. Yeah. Ben Gardner, this is actually the same boat belonging to the guy I just mentioned, uh, like, five minutes earlier, who was the character who inspired uh the the quint the uh, mm. robert Shaw's performance is quint so uh, so hooper goes in to scope out that sweet sweet underside of that boat and uh because uh, yeah. brody wants Bro to brody's all freaked out because he doesn't want to be left alone on the boat oh we yeah. know social mentioned brody's got a fear of the water yeah. and so he's already kind of queasy about mm. being on a boat now being on a boat by himself and shark infested water he's definitely not happy about yeah he wants to tow it in but hooper's like nah girl i gotta peep it down underside right now this is the one bit cinematography part of the movie because it's all spooky fog lighting on the and like the, the, the silhouette of Ben Gardner's boat is like looming out of the the the, the blackness and it's like Ooh. yeah while Hooper's uh, uh putting on a a wetsuit so he can go dive and he wants to see what happened to Ben Gardner's boat he sees, yeah. he just assumes that the shark's no longer around so it's safe to go yeah. check it out he sees a hole as the music now Jaws music starts up, and they find a tooth inside, and oh shit, it's a plastic head with worms in the eye socket. Somehow <laughs> they, it screams uh, when this it comes whole scene in the frame. was the part of a, not quite a reshoot, but after they uh, f uh, put the film together, they realized that there needed to be a little bit of a goose, a little bit of a scene here that was a little bit scary. And so they, they came up with this whole boat scene just out of whole cloth. They filmed it like, I think they filmed most of this in like Spielberg's like unfinished uh, swimming pool. Uh, just to uh, add a little extra jump scare with uh, Ben Gardner's severed head of, uh, suddenly floating out of the hole in his boat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a moment where uh, Hooper, he uh, digs out like a, it's like a fucking five-inch shark tooth out yeah. of the boat, but he gets scared when the uh, head pops out and he drops drops the tooth and the knife and just f runs screaming back into the boat, and yeah. he does not avail himself very well. No. <laughs> He's an old baby. Yeah. Back on land, they talk to the mayor the next day, and his stupid anchor suit and how there's a big, big i think ass. he's got ghosts on his suit and poltergeist i think it's that predictable <laughs> he's uh how there's a great white shark out there and fuck man come on are you really this dumb of a motherfucker 
This is mayor... actually a lot of yelling at the mayor because it really they are just both, both full bore. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. And he, yeah, he's just like, you don't understand our problems here. He he points out there's a big billboard where people have uh, put a big shark fin on this painting of a lady swimming in the water. Yeah, but and he's, he's like, like, never mind, people die, and look, they drew on my billboard. Yeah, you got he. Yeah, he gets all pissed off for Brody. He's like, I want these little uh, these little bastards hung up by their Buster Browns. This is vandalism. Yeah, and I do like there's a moment where Hooper like points out to that shark fin. He's like, "That is see that giant shark fin? Those proportions are correct. That's a big ass fucking shark. That ain't kidding around. This is the problem you got to deal with." Yeah. yeah, but the mayor's an asshole because Hooper doesn't have the tooth. Yeah, and... that's the because th- yeah because there's no physical evidence. He that's the loophole the mayor finds in this whole argument that like if you don't have physical proof, I could still claim that the fish that got caught yesterday is the fish. And you yeah. can't negate that, so I'm just gonna pretend whatever everything that you're telling me is bullshit. Yeah, Mayor says, yeah. "Fuck that! I'm a garbage human, and the beaches will remain open for the Fourth of July weekend." Yay! The papers say we caught a shark, and people are stupid, stupid animals, so they'll assume the beaches are safe. And there was only one shark. Because <sighs> you would assume. I know this has only been like three days since this whole thing started, but I think somebody would have heard, like, watched the news and been like. A little scared about going out to yeah. it because they did catch a. Sh- I mean, you do see there's a whole little montage of all these eight trillion people coming to the island for uh, uh, July Fourth weekend, and you do see uh, the mayor is talking to the television news, and he is saying that like, yes, it's true, reports are correct that we did find a large predator that allegedly injured a few bathers, but it's been caught and killed, and don't worry, everything's great. Come out for the Fourth of July, bring the kitties, yeehaw, yeah. <laughs> Bring the kids. Watch them die. Come out and play our shitty 1975 uh, shark video game. That, I, you know that gets like weird highlight for a second in this movie I, too. I wrote down the note. I have to point out the Shark Killer arcade game, or Bill will get mad that I didn't mention it. Killer Shark. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I'm actually watching it now. I'm trying to see what other arcade games they have there, but uh, they should. Circle. Nothing. They I should. Remember. They should just call Ben in and get some shark repellent. Yeah. Spray it around. So, it's called farts. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is also, man. This is this is from a different time because this is like, like there's a whole brass ooh, band is? playing Super Mario Brothers music in the background, and <laughs> it's all like weird. Oh, and there's a newscaster talking about how there's a black cloud over this community in the shape of a white shark, and so, that TV reporter, that's Peter Benchley. He's the guy who wrote the the original novel that Jaws mm. is based on. He wrote Jaws. And now, these messages. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. (laughs) This is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. Found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. 
You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. We are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. Bad fish, but I'll catch him and kill him. Did you hear your father out of the water now? This shark swallow you whole. You're going to need a bigger boat. That's a 20 footer. 25. Three tons of them. Coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! Shoot! What's the deal? Give him room! I can't! He's trying to run! Oh! Hurry, quick! I can't hold it! Hurry! None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. Walking around on the beach in a full suit it was fucking relaxed, dude. And you know that's polyester too. Uh, he goes up and asks some old dude, "Why aren't you in the water? You should get in the oh, water." Oh, that's right. Yeah. Why the fuck does he care if people aren't in the water? If they're not in the water, that means they're on land, and they're more likely to spend well, money if on the land. People are too scared. Then it might be, people. My people might start going home early, and then people aren't gonna like. You want people in the water? You want people to get spend as much time there so they'll like want to stay for dinner and, mm -hmm. and be like oh man we like we used up all our sunscreen we gotta go buy more sunscreen we gotta spend more money on the shitty weird little island that's playing the super mario <laughs> underwater music all the time so the the 87 year old man and his 87 year old wife take their young children into the water because fuck it <laughs> put your kids lives in danger as well they had only so many extras to work with <laughs> they didn't bother to actually put people in like family groups that made sense mm -hmm. alex and kinder's mom was 98 years old <laughs> This, but this is enough to make everybody be like, fuck it, if that old man and his children could go in the water, I could go in the water too. Ah! Well, oh, so there's a the scene water. where uh, Brody sees that his older son is hanging out with his buddies and they're about to take uh, the uh, his birthday gift boat out onto the water and then uh, Brody's wife stops him for a second and said, hey, can you get him to uh, take that, uh, that, that his, his birthday boat into uh, the pool? It, or is, like, there's Pond. some kind of, like, 
Yeah, there's a pond, which it's it's not the open ocean, and uh, Birdie Sun is like reluctantly like, okay, I'll do it. Punch for old ladies, and he's yeah, do it for your old man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm assuming uh, it's just a little lagoon that's connected to the sea, but otherwise pretty shallow. Yeah, but know. don't worry. There's nothing that a shark can do because basically the bear patrol from the Simpsons watching the waters. <laughs> kind of. They do have a... L- you would think that would make the swimmers even more suspicious. The fact they've got like 18,000 boats and helicopters with guns just pointed at everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think this would be like... Everyone seems a little on edge here. Like, yeah. I mean, kudos... I mean, the mayor's a piece of shit, but, but, but at least kudos to Brody for putting together a pretty good, like, shoot-the-shark task force, at least. Yeah. But, yeah. oh, no, there's a fin in the water. 70s people start shitting all over in the water. They, Everybody rushes back to land. Oh, and I yeah. like, I do like the lady, one lady, who's just standing in one spot, holding her child and screaming. Good job protecting your child, lady. <laughs> Don't try to get the shore or anything. Just there. Uh, uh. <laughs> and so there's kind of a mad dash for everyone starts running back in towards the uh, the, the shore. And... Yeah. Did so people get trampled? Is this the scene where people yeah. get fucked up? Yeah. yeah. But oh no, it's just a couple kids playing a prank. They get shot and murdered and they're dead now. It is great. They come up out of the water and they, yeah, they run into like... Like, there's, like, 12 cops with, like, M51 Grand rifles just right in their face, and the one little kid points to the older kid and says, He made me do it! Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Hooper and everyone else reluctantly gets on the radio and says, Oh, it's just a couple dipshit kids with a cardboard fin. Yeah. And then everyone's kind of like, Okay, good, or whatever, and just false false alarm. Ironically, what? just as, oh, no, what could happen next? Mm-hmm. Some chick sees a real shark swimming into the grandma's pool. And she's yeah, like, she's... shark! And everybody's like, fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice, you can't, like... get foolish, you, you can't fool me again. And, and Brody and his wife can hear this lady crying shark, and they're, they're both kind of like, oh, what the fuck now? And, but the lady keeps on screaming I mean, enough that Brody starts to pick up speed. He's like, okay, maybe there was something this. He starts hauling ass. I mean, even in the, the, the Boy Who Cried Wolf book, it took a couple times for uh, the fake wolf before yeah. people didn't believe Although him. this really makes this it sound like this is one... happening like, literally, they've just caught the kids when the shark yeah. shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Brody goes to check it out anyhow, and and some dude's paddling out to Brody's son and his friends on his boat, <laughs> and he's like, hey, that's a nice knot. I could teach you how to draw another knot. This he's guy? Kind of knot. Oh, no, my leg! Uh, this child predator guy, he's so, <laughs> like, trying to crawl up these kids' ass, like, hey, what you got there? I'm from Boston. You got a knot? Wicked pisser. And suddenly the shark, yeah, knocks over his boat. And this is actually one of the more gruesome effects. Like, his leg gets chopped the fuck off. Yeah. And you see it, like, it's, it's like, just oozing blood all over the place. Yep. And down you to see it the, drift to the bottom of the ocean. and Down to the PG-rated bottom of the ocean. That is, you're not going to see that. That's that's one of the more gruesome effects you're going to, oh, well, actually, yeah, I'm watching it now. There's a giant geyser of blood that comes up out of the water. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's one of the more gruesome effects you'll ever see in a PG-13, or a PG movie, yeah. Yep, Brody's son is fine, though, but he's in shock when they bring him He's been knocked into the water, and he's been knocked out, but he is yeah. justifiably, justifiably pretty freaked out, because this shark attack literally happened just, like, two feet away from yeah, him. Yeah, except for the rest of his life, his other friends who were in the boat and didn't go into shock are gonna be like, remember that time you, <laughs> you win the shock? piece of shit. <laughs> you fucking weena. And all this happened in the fucking pool where it's only three feet deep anyway, you fucking idiot. You remember when you went to shock in Grandma's Pond? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You want to know the truth, though? Jaws 4 stars 
this character, this kid, ends up becoming the main character along with his uh, his mom, mm-hmm. and they end up fighting uh, Jaws together. And yeah, this whole scene is kind of like his biggest part of why well, he wants to kill the shark. That sounds like a absolutely fantastic movie. I can't wait to watch it. It's so good. Michael <laughs> K- it paid for Michael Caine's pool. <laughs> Oh, you have to say, now, Bill, you know the right way to say his name, Ma right? Cocaine. You say, my cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. That's how actually you say one of the most name. famous quotes from Michael Caine is uh, someone asked him if he had ever actually seen Jaws 4 because I think he got nominated for like an acting award for Jaws 4, but he didn't show up. And somebody was like, did you ever even see Jaws 4? He's like, no, I never saw Jaws 4, but I have seen the pool that it paid for. Yeah. Uh, or that, that, yeah, that, that I got paid for by, and I enjoy that pool every day, so. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, boy, I wish the next scene was Brody punching the mayor in the face, but it didn't know. Well, a little bit. The next scene is, is, well, is he's, Brody's kid his... in the hospital, and he wants, yeah. co- he wants his cars and coffee ice cream in his comic books. Yeah. The mayor comes in, supposedly... To be a fucking asshole again. And Brody walks over and is just like, sign the paper for fuck's sake so we can hire Quint. That'll solve everything. Remember the speech about Nasty Shark? Ooh, bad, bad, I catch him for you. Come on. Brody would be justified in arresting the mayor for like... He could make up a charge in indicting that motherfucker. Well, it's basically like human endangerment. Exactly, like of the entire fucking community. Instead, all he does is point out a co- like. I guess he he like sh- like grabbed a must have stopped by Quint's office and like picked up a, like a contract for Quint. And says no, you, like instead of punching out the mayor, it's just like you're just gonna sign this contract now. We're gonna hire Quint to kill the shark, and that'll be it, and it'll be over. And the mayor yeah, and, and instead and of the, the mayor's mayor- just like. Instead of the mayor being like, okay, too many people have died and it's my fault. He's just like, my kids were on the beach. And and Brody's response should have been, everyone's kids were (laughs) on the beach. Yeah. That doesn't make it better for you. That makes us... The fact is, this is the last time we see the mayor, and the la—it's not the last. The last time we see the mayor isn't inside the mouth of Jaws. Is a fail for this movie. Yeah, the fact that Shark, the Jaws didn't try to climb up his toilet and eat his dick. Yeah, is kind of a bummer. That should have been what Jaws two and three were all about. Should have been (laughs) Jaws trying to get revenge on the mayor. Jaws two should have just been about the mayor not getting reelected. You know it, just should have, it just should have been called Jaws 2, the comeuppance. Actually, Jaws 2 should have been finding out that the the mayor and the jaw, mayor and the shark were actually working together. <laughs> <laughs> this is the con that pulled on a dozen beachfront communities over the decades. Yeah, he's, he's run cons like that in North Aberbrook and exactly. Shelbyville. I can't imagine what the mayor gets out of it, but... Maybe, maybe the shark keep. Maybe he's the shark is like it's a magic shark that's made him effectively immortal, and he's been doing this for five hundred years. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah. Anyway, so they go to Quint's place. It's covered in shark jaws. Yeah. Now it. this is pretty much the second half of the the second movie that Jaws is comprised of starts. Yeah. Yeah. They they hire Quint and he he toasts by saying, "Here's the swimming with bull legged women." Yeah, Quint just does the most Ernest Hemingway, like, swinging his dick around, just like, eh. Yeah, He's it, just constantly fucking with Hooper and Brody, just about everything. Yeah, the uh, 70s. The last time people thought cool dudes could, could wear sweaters and just look cool. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's a fisherman dude, and I don't know. But yeah, he, like, he, he has, like, homemade booze that he gives to Brody that, like, 
almost caused Brody to die. Mm. He grabs Hooper by the hands and says, you got soft boy's hands. You've been counting money all your life. He makes yeah. Hooper tie knots. He's just doing all this machismo shit. And he's all, I love, he's also negotiating with Brody about the contract. Uh, how he also, on top of, uh, on top of the 10,000 bucks, he's going to get like two cases of peach schnapps, a color <laughs> TV. Uh, I guess there's some kind of zoning problems even he's been having with the mayor recently. All kinds of stuff. He's really got the full community over a barrel, it yeah. seems. Yeah. Oh, that explains why at the end of the movie, when when Cooper and, and Brody are paddling to shore, Brody says, like, fuck, I don't have to pay that asshole. You know what the first thing they're going to do? Once they get to shore, they're just going to swing by Quint's place and steal $10,000 out of his till and not tell anyone. <laughs> Wait, is that how that works? Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> Oh, yes, like, as if Quint's got 10,000 bucks lying around. But it is true. I mean, they did get a free dead shark out of it, and, like, they don't have to pay Quint, so the mayor should be doubly happy when he finds out, hey, not only is Quint dead, but the shark is dead, too, so, like, it all just kind of washed out. Well, I get the feeling Quint wasn't beloved in this community. Exactly, yeah. You know, the moment, like, they find out Quint's dead, they're just gonna bulldoze this whole place and put a fucking Howard Johnson's in. Or fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Well, it's 1975, so it would have been a discotheque. Yeah, he is, so Quint doesn't want Hooper to go because he has sissy hands. Brody tells him it's his charter, so Hooper's going. It and is amazing that he does not use a slur for homosexuals in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I it was is, actually shocked. I was, or something, because, like, he's totally that character type. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, so later, they're loading up the boat in shark cages, and it, which makes Quint sing to Hooper for some reason. He's Quint is just nonstop, just singing shanties and being fucking Mr. Pirate Man, making mm-hmm. jokes. And Brody uh, says goodbye to his wife and gives her a hug. And Quint's like, "Hey, you hugging your wife, you sissy?" <laughs> it's just like, calm the fuck. <laughs> Any son of a woman within a thousand miles, he's just gotta be like, "I smell pussy." We're all getting pussy in here, fucking shit, fucking pussy. Ah. Yeah, and, and it's weird, too, because, like, he's do- doing a little ditty about, like, 15 years in this vicinity, not a bad record for this. Anyway, and, like, like the uh, Brody's wife gets all, and she just runs away because she's so offended by Quint, and that's the last you see of her, and the boat pulls out, and it is a great mm-hmm. shot because it's a shot from inside of uh, Quint's cabin where you've got a pair of the jaws that he's made, he's hung up in his in his cabin, are framing the orca as it steams off into the distance to kill Jaws, and yeah, yeah it's very spooky. But yeah, this is what the thing Jaws Quint sings the sp- farewell and adieu to fair Spanish ladies, which I, I've always loved that little ditty as a result of this mo- film. And I, at this point, I was like, oh fuck, there's an hour of them on this boat, jeez. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This movie is two movies technically, really. Yeah. This is the start of the second one. Yeah, and Brody's chumming the water while Quinn is very hard at work drinking his beer and crushing the can. <laughs> There's Cooper, a great, yeah. Cooper's good at drinking his water and crushing his styrofoam cup. Their little masculinity show-off that Hooper does not win is, is pretty amusing. <laughs> Brody knocks over some air tanks and Hooper says, Okay, you asshole, those things can blow up. This is the MacGuffin for the end of the movie. The, you know what? In retrospect, the movie does a pretty qu- quiet job of laying down pipe for the for those tubes existing at the end yeah. of the film. Uh, they show up a couple times, just long enough, to, just long enough to remind you that they're there and what they do. But like, yeah, yeah for 1975, it's actually not too clumsy. Yeah, and then later, Quint's fishing line is ticking while he tries to teach Brody how to tie a knot. It so is. He- 
kind of interesting. Quint's got this whole... He's got this wooden fisherman chair bolted to the back of the boats. And yeah. he's got the fishing line, like... Well, actually, it's not this, but, like... It is... He is kind of fishing, like, uh... Uh, casually. Yeah. But, yeah, uh... uh Hooper and, uh... And Brody are off doing just like, just like, yeah, yeah. The uh, Brody's doing the knot stuff. Hooper, I think is he just steering the boat or something like that. Yeah. And, and but yeah, suddenly uh, Quint's uh, reel just starts ticking. And he starts hooking up all of his stuff and getting strapped in. And can yeah, can can people fish for great whites with fishing poles? That seems to be. I guess you could. Well, and there is this. This this does become a big ar argument here between. Uh, Hooper and Quint. Hooper's convinced that it's just like a marlin or something like that, because only a marlin would go after just like such a passive lure, I, I like or whatever the hell Quint's fishing with. But uh, Quint's convinced that it's actually the shark. And uh, at the end of the scene, whatever it is at the end of that line, we never actually get to see it. Bites through what uh, Quint says is piano wire. Yeah. And he says, "Well, you think you think a, a swordfish cut through this uh, piano wire?" He's like, "No, that was a fucking shark." But this does kind of... Yeah, you're, you're not wrong for pointing out that, like, yeah, how do you know this is... This could be anything down there. But yeah. it does pull away... It is it is cool to see uh, a little bit of... Not dread, but, like, I do love how Quint quietly just assembles all his stuff. Yeah, buckles himself in. Uh, he puts the, the fishing pole into... It's a masculinity phallic ship, but, like, he's totally got, like, a little well for the fishing pole between his legs that he locks yeah. the, the reel into and stuff. So this is definitely, like, a setup for trying to hook and hang on to pretty big fish. Maybe not yeah. a three-ton shark, but, yeah. But anyway, yeah. he's caught something and, and shit starts going crazy. Yeah, but it gets away, bites through the wire and whatnot. Yeah. It's kind and of a cool little thing as... Uh, whatever it is, starts uh, pulling the reel out. Like, uh, uh, I do like little things like how uh, uh, Quint yells at uh, Brody to like wet the line so it doesn't start catching on fire. Like, there's not too much friction and stuff like that, and just all the management he has to do to make sure that like the the, the fish doesn't go away. But yeah, it eventually does just snap through the line, and yeah, so it's all yeah. for naught for now. And Quint says he tricks them to the surface and then he pokes at them. Good plan. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I'm gonna poke that shark. I guess it might work for a tiny shark. Yeah. I guess I I guess he lures them up with this little fishing pole and then I guess stabs them with a stick. Mm -hmm. I yeah I I guess you just have to take his word for it. Yeah. And then more but, later, Quint yeah. is in the crow's nest and tells Brody to start chumming the water again, but he don't wanna. He wants Hooper to take a turn, but Quint says Hooper drives the boat, even though right now he's just playing solitaire. So Brody starts chumming the water again while Hooper plays cars. Slow ahead, Mr. Hooper. And then Brody's like, slow ahead, Mr. Hooper. I do down. like on this little... Come like, down here and shun some of this shit. Oh, of course, that's the big one of the famous shots out of this movie. He's in the middle of saying that, and the camera's close up on his face, and then Bruce the shark just rises up out of the water right behind him. And, and it's one says, of the first hey, big shots of the animatronic. Whoosh. Yeah. Yeah, I is. want to kiss you. And it's a shark in this movie. Crazy talk. The reverse shot of Richard Dreyfus snapping into frame. Him reacting to the presence of the shark. That was one of my favorite all-time Spielberg moments. Because he really does sound like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. fuck. And he starts slowly backing away into the cabin. Well, Quint's putting something together. And Quint's not paying attention to what's happening. And, of course, this starts the famous thing of uh, Quint. Uh, or Brody just kind of walks in very quietly and says, we need a bigger boat. Yeah. And Quint's like, what? Is and that a famous a line? Book. I've never heard it before. Shut up. 
<laughs> I hate I, your face. I know that line from the one time they said it in the movie. <laughs> um, also, he's doing Godfather, bit, uh, I think it was. I hate you. <laughs> um, Robert's not Robert Shaw. Uh, Brody's actually doing a little bit of, uh, I didn't, didn't notice that until watching it now. He's kind of dangling his lit cigarette from his lip while he's totally scared of the shark, which is a little bit like Raymond Stance seeing Slimer for the first time in Ghostbusters. Mm. So if you're ever making a movie, a classic movie that people will love in the future for decades to come, That's when your character first sees something scary, he's got to be having a lit cigarette dangling from his lips that he totally forgets about because he's so scared shitless of what he's just seen. Or a vape pen. Figure out a way to do that with a vape pen. Uh, have a vape a pen jangly from your lips. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we gotta get a bigger boat, and Quint's all like, what the fuck? Yeah. He tells uh, that Jaws music kicks in, Quint goes out and looks at that shark, and he tells Hooper to uh, shut the engine off, and Hooper says, it's a 20-footer, and Quint's like, 25! That's got like a big fish. Yeah. Then the, the music comes really close to being the... the uh, uh, indie Anna Jones mild action music. Yeah, it gets scene. very haughty. It like it oscillates between when the when the f- uh, shark is just kind of first coming up. It's all like you know like donut donut donut. But the, there's a uh, one big famous. It's actually one of the best shots you'll ever see of the full animatronic uh, shark sliding uh, almost like right beneath uh, the orca boat. Um, where there's it's it's just really nice. Yeah, nice top down shot of uh the 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 shark swimming under the boat and the music swells and it's all very it's not trying to be scary it's more just trying like more epic mm-hmm. and yeah it is more of an action cue than it is like oh my god we're gonna die kind of cue it's not horror music it's it's adve- action adventure kind of but it's still got that maritime jaunt to it which i always really liked um yeah. but yeah this is i should also point out yeah this is one of the few times where they were consistently had the shark working so this is pretty much the biggest part of the movie where you'll, where you'll actually see the shark animatronic uh mm. working and even then i should make a note that there were technically several shark uh puppets they had they had one shark puppet that was just the right half of the shark they had a shark puppet that was the left half of the shark and they had a, hu- a shark puppet that was just like the top half of the shark and that's mm. what you're seeing in this scene when it's swimming under the boat uh, and actually, if you really look very carefully, you can kind of see some of the underwater treads that it's moving on, but it's being pulled by. Uh, but you have to really be kind of looking for them. Son of a biscuit. So then God damn. Brody's wife gets uh, calls them on the radio, but Quint tells them they ain't seen nothing yet, and they'll bring home some fish for dinner. And uh, he runs out with his harpoon gun, and they tie it to a yellow barrel and shoot, shoot the shark, and the music gets super happy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The music, like... Pulls the barrel underwater. He a big boy. Could you imagine? This, like I said, this is pretty much the whole last half of the movie. Could you imagine the music in the whole last half of the movie is bon bon. Bon bon. It would be so monotonous. So I do appreciate John Williams kind of keeping it up and happy and... Not quite happy, but it is... There's, it's, you know, there's some variety of the music here. It's not just the one thing over and over again. So he vanishes as the sun starts to set. Brody asks what they do now. And Quinn says they wait till he shows up again. And then this Brody, is... Brody starts oh. to talk, but the scene fades out <laughs> as he's in the middle of his sentence. <laughs> well, like, even the movie doesn't give a shit about Brody. He's like, fuck you, Brody. <laughs> we gotta end this scene. It feels, uh, the, it feels the last ve- shot of Quince 
uh, standing at the the Orca's pulpit as the sunset's kicking in mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite shots of the movie because it's just Robert Shaw just silhouetted in black against this blood-red sky. But it's just so fucking good, and it's it's one of the few shots from this movie that I never see anyone comment on, on anything, but it just looks suitably fucking epic. It's great. It's it's literally, literally epic, not just like, GameStop epic, but... You know, anyway. GameStop epic? You know what I mean? That's just like the, the, every every time you want to make something sound cool on the internet or in a video game, it's like so epic. Okay. I had pancakes today with bacon. Gotcha. They were epic. Okay. You know. So and then it's nighttime, and they could all well not all they're just Brody and or not Brody, uh, Quentin, Cooper are comparing battle scars where they got bitten by eels and 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 sharks and cars and stuff. And if, <laughs> if I was Sitting in there, I'd be like, this guy right here, um, this is from the time my mom's Pomeranian bit my eyebrow. And this one over here, this is from the time I walked into a door frame while holding a pencil and a tip broke off in my knee. You, you and this one, bad. this one's a chicken pox <laughs> scar from when I itched my face when I had the chicken pox, even though everybody told me not to. I mean, Daniel, you'd already have me beat, though, because, like, my scar would be, like, I got this scar on my finger from opening up a wacky wall walker <laughs> packet from, a, like, a from a box of Fruit Loops in 1986 with a steak knife. <laughs> this like, scar, this scar is right here is from a paper cut I got in 1960. Well, it's kind of funny, because, like, Brody, like, you have Hooper and Quint, like, you know, they're comparing scars, and they're all, like... Quint's all like, it's either shark-related or like, he's like, I got pulled over by a big Chinese fella, uh, celebrating my third wife's demise, and at least Hooper stuff is all like, related to sharks or Mary Ellen and Moffat, but there's a great moment that like, well, they're having this competition, the camera cuts back to Brody, and Brody just pulls up a shirt and he's just got an appendectomy scar. Mm. And he just kind of looks at it for a moment and goes, oh, that kind of sucks. And then, <laughs> hey, the scene continues with, without him. I always thought it was kind of great. And Quint takes out his tooth. Yeah. He's super drunk and he's just like, oh, yeah, he's still just talking about battle damage. Yeah. And they're all having a good time till Quint makes it too real by talking about how his boat in the WW2 yeah. got hit by two torpedoes. And a lot of his buddies got eaten by sharks with their this is... oh their black black eyes. They turn white when they start to get you. They turn into Funko Pops like a doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> when I, people talk when people talk about the dead black lifeless eyes of Funko Pops, it's always this speech I always think about like a doll's eyes, black yeah. eyes. Um, and this is actually based off a real thing. And supposedly the most of this scene was actually written by Robert Shaw himself because it was this is one of those things where they kind of kind of came up with this scene kind of like the last second because they just wanted to have a little more a little more of a camaraderie ship between uh, Quint and Hooper before both characters get fucked up in the in, in the next scene because this is this is the night before the movie ends. Yeah. And so I guess Robert Shaw he's he was a playwright. On top of being an actor, and so he mm. was a little like, oh, let, let me have the script for a day or two, and I'll come up with a uh, couple things. And so he, he supposedly he came up with most of the USS Indianapolis speech himself, which is based off a real event that actually did happen. That yeah. that the carrier that dropped off the Hiroshima bomb and Tinian Delay got fucked up. Everyone got knocked into the water. In fact, uh, Spielberg always said that if he came back to do a Jaws sequel, he would make it about Quint's. Make it about the USS in Indianapolis. Essentially, be a prequel. Maybe not necessarily starring Quint. Yeah. But he was like, that's the only other shark story I would be interested in actually putting on film. And the way that, <laughs> that Robert Shaw well, tells the story, then it's already kind of redundant because it's such a great story. Then like, 
Then he was gilding Steve, the lily. Steven Spielberg also said, they made three other Jaws movies, and I consider those perfection, so why would I bother <laughs> trying to make another one? You know, he needs to make a Jaws sequel where his son is played by... Oh, God, some kind of fucked up, stupid, fucking teeny bopper kid that no one's going to care about in two years. Fucking Indiana Jones. Was it four? How many Indiana Jones movies have they made? Yeah, the fourth. Oh, my God, Spielberg, you made me sad. He he hasn't been hooking his his uh trail up to the right horse there for the no. last couple of movies. And to be fair that's that's more about lucas than spielberg because luke spielberg did not want to do the story in that last indiana jones movie that was totally Spiel, uh, lucas being like i want to make a movie about indiana jones versus the saucer men yeah. and everyone else was like ah oh, that's a bad idea george but like we still want to make a movie and i guess we'll make this fucking shit you want to do and ugh. the next indiana jones movie should just have India wake up from a dream and say, "Oh fuck! Thank God it was, it's our dream." <laughs> it's just the thirty-second short they show at the theater, just to, just to, just that only exists to wipe out the last movie from the canon. Yeah, and he just like, and he's just jerking off in bed, and I don't know. So anyway, yeah, Quint's giving anyway, this big speech about the yeah. USS Indianapolis. Lost a hundred men. He found a friend in the water. Thought he was sleeping, but no, sir, he was bitten in half, bopping and dopping upside down. Yeah, and he'll never wear a life jacket again. Thanks for ruining the good time we were having talking about almost dying, jerk. This is, man, this is, I, I, it's it's stereotypical to say this, but this is probably the best part of the whole movie. And it's just Robert Shaw, half dr- like, drunkenly in real life, kind of making up the story about, like, sharks in, in the USS Indianapolis. And it's just, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's great. And then a whale starts calling from outside. And the oh, stagehand... Yeah. Oh, that's right! They the, sing the song! The, sta- the stagehand hits rewind and then play again. And then rewind and play again because it's the same call over and over. Tired so, and so they start singing. And it's Tired a very, and I want to go to bed. It's a very important and mission, so it's a good thing they all got drunk. Yeah, but, well, oh, you know, no. it's nighttime, even though Hooper did did say that it's a nighttime feeder. This is one of the weird things, too, because we have neglect- neglected to mention earlier uh, in the day when... Um, they were chasing the shark. Uh, Hooper and Quint did manage to get one yellow barrel into the shark. Yeah. And before uh, Hooper oh, attached yeah. the the barrel to the line, he also added like a, a blipping uh, a track a shark tracker to mm-hmm. the barrel. And it's one of those weird things you don't really notice it too much until you're watching this movie in HD. But there's this like underwater glow effect they add to the barrel as the barrel's like swimming around the yeah. boats during this night scene, where it's obviously like this hand animated glow. Yeah. Which I never I don't know if that's supposed to be a glow from like the blipping thing. I that, think like, so. But it's just it's really distracting in HD. Yeah. Also what's really distracting too is the beginning of this night scene there's a shooting star and at the end of this night scene there's a second shooting star which is supposed to be an omen of of doom at CS2 falling stars but I was like Oh, that the, I uh, thought it was implying that uh Jaws is an alien from another planet. <laughs> it was what? The shooting stars, the ships coming to pick Jaws up because he's actually oh, from another planet. You broke up for a second. I just heard, heard it was Oz's alien airplane. I thought it was it a was Wizard Oz's of Oz reference. It was Oz's alien airplane. You know what? They need a prequel called The Wizard of Jaws. Mm. And it's J-O-Z. Yeah. <laughs> and the wizard is a shark and he means well, but then he meets the mayor from Jaws and they've both become... You know what I was thinking? Should we do Oz and the Great and Powerful someday? What? what, what the Sam the, Raimi? The, the, Have you ever oh, seen that? No. 
I was watching a bit of that in cable the other day, and I was like, this is grotesque enough. I'm kind of curious to see the rest of it. Maybe someday, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if it's old enough to be a uh, I don't, project for us. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, outside, a barrel's swimming towards their boat, and the sharks start slamming in their boats. Knock, knock, motherfucker! They can't oh, hear it at first because they're banging on the table, too, singing their song. Mm -hmm. But then they lose power, so they all go outside. The yeah. shark ate the light. Yeah, Quint starts shooting at the shark at its strange green animation. Brody, <laughs> Brody pulls out a pistol and and various stars shoot across the sky. And that's a nice, that's a very Spielberg shot of uh, Brody, like like very uh, much in the foreground with the night sky behind him and the 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 streaking uh, falling star behind him. Which, if you've played Breath of the Wild, you know should, they should probably go hunt down that shooting star and collect it for crafting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The next day, they're working on getting the boat fixed with the barrel. When the barrel pops up, and they hook a rope to it and pull it in. But Jaws is like, "Hey guys!" And pops Hello, out of water. Bro Hello, Bro friends. Brody goes inside to radio an SOS, but Qu Quint Gat grabs one of the uh, boat bats every boat has and smashes a radio because of because <laughs> of, uh, of of because he he why. Boat. Well, you get the idea. This there's obviously like an Ahab, Captain Ahab, and a white whale thing going on with Quint and this goddamn shark now. Where, like, well, also the the, the morning starts. They're trying to repair the boat because, like, I guess all the seawater from the uh, from the jaws banging into it uh, the night before is like flooded the the engine compartment, so the engine's all fucked up. So, uh, on top of, I mean, although they've only been out there for le like less than two days, you think uh, fucking Quint would be more patient about this? But I guess he's grumpy about his shark. His boat getting a little bit fucked up, and he doesn't want anyone else interfering with this uh, shark hunt. And yeah. so, yeah, when when Brody does the wise thing and say, "Hey, we need more help," uh, well, then part of the thing is too is that uh, Hooper and Quinn are both amazed that uh, uh, the the shark has not been able to to have been slowed down by this one barrel, which which is part of the reason why uh, Brody's all like, "Man, fuck!" It sounds like we're outgunned by this thing we need to call in for help and that's when he goes to call in to use the radio and that's when quint just shows up with a baseball bat and i do like another filmmaker would have tried to make it seem like quint was becoming homicidal mm. but he's obviously he smashes up the radio but in no way does he threaten brody himself which i appreciate well yeah he gives brody takes he, the bat, he gives right him the away. bat so he's cool he's just he doesn't want his hunt to be fucked with mm. and it's actually brody the one who snaps like that's that's great! You're fucking certified! He doesn't swear, but it's close enough. He's like, you're certifiable, Quint! And he's actually the one who keeps on smashing the radio after Quint leaves. But yeah. I, I, I do like that Quint does not suddenly become the villain, which could have been a very easy decision to make at the end of this movie. Because we, we, they, they, they just humanized him enough in the scene preceding this that it would have been a waste just to make him go, turn him into a total psychopath just in the next scene. Even though, yeah, destroying the radio is a fucking dick move, but it's more just because he's... It's fucking almost literally in this instance, like to poison, uh, toxic masculinity, if you want to use a political buzz term. But yeah. So, uh, the Quint shoots another harpoon with a barrel into the, the shark. And, uh, and the music <sighs> is, <laughs> is very whimsical for a killer shark shake. It, it, it is like, it feels Easter like egg some, decorating music. It feels like some Gene Kelly shit. Because <laughs> it is all. It's a jig. It's like Star Trek, the uh, Star Trek for the Voyage Home nautical. Like, look at it, do a little dance on the bridge of the ship. They start to catch up with the shark and shoot it again, and the shark's like, ow, and starts to circle the boat. So, Brody yeah, this is the longest, most extended.
extended chase scene in the whole film where they're really trying to run down the uh the 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 shark but hooper's yelling at quint because quint keeps on yelling at hooper to like uh pour on uh make the boat go faster hooper's like the the engines can't take it they're half flooded Mm -hmm. um but but they do actually eventually do catch up with the shark yeah but then the barrels pop back up to the surface so they grab them again and they wrap the ropes up on the back of the boat but well yeah they're Quince not very... managed to put a second barrel into the shark, so yeah, now they've that. got two. Yeah, they. So yeah, now they can just tie the lines to the back end of the ship, yeah. and haul the shark back towards uh, land. But but Fine. they're not very Which... good at planning because when the ropes go taut, it snaps Hooper's ass, and he's like, "No, thank you, man." That is one of the scariest scenes of the whole movie. Well, Brody doesn't make way for Hooper to get out of the way of the rope as he's tying the ropes to the cleats on the transom of the ship. And so even Ubi, even even Quinn has to be like Brody, give him room. Yeah. And uh, but they do, yeah, they do manage to tie off the the lines to the cleats. But the shark turns out to be more powerful than the whole goddamn boat, and yeah, actually I... starts pulling the boat further out to sea and starts flooding the whole goddamn boat with seawater. Yeah, and then then they 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 say that he's eaten through the lines, and now they have to unhook him because he's a jerk. Yeah, and well, he's threatening, water... like, he's threatening to tear off the whole back of the ship. Yeah, salt water spilling into the engine, killing yeah. it. Yeah. Quint finally just brings out a big machete and cuts the line, and everything calms down, but then... Well, there's oh, a moment, those... it is, it is, there's a little moment where he's about to cut the lines, but suddenly the cleats give way, and he, uh, Quint's just left there, just holding the machete up in, uh, in air, uh, not able to do anything, and then just in frustration... Uh, now that the ship is royally fucked up, he just, like, whips the, the machete down in the wood. And it's actually kind of a nice shot of just the machete by itself, kind of silhouetted against the, like, undulating water in the background, which I always I thought was just kind of a nice image. Mm. But anyway, shut up, Bill. So then the barrels pop back up and start circling the boat again. And yeah. Maybe this movie should have been called Yellow Barrels. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen the last of the shark we're going to see until the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but don't well, know. not necessarily. The, but the close. barrels are heading right for the bow, but in oh, the loop, no, they vanish under the water. Everything's calm for a bit, but then Jaws gives the boat a little shove, and they start heading back to shore. But the, no, no, the shark is chasing them. Well, Over- they're also freaked out too because the shark does manage to submerge with both barrels tied to it, and yeah. even even Hooper and Quinn are like, they can't go under with two two barrels, not not with two, and it does it, and they're like. Oh fuck! And even Quint's like, "Okay, Miss Brody, you're you should be happy about this. We're gonna go back and we're 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 headed back towards land." And like Brody's like, "Thank fucking Christ!" Yeah. So, so even Quint's got his his own limitations about this shit. Hooper tells Quint not to push the boat too much, so Quint pushes the boat more. He's Maybe a real smart spoke. guy. That one. <laughs> And this, this is the one moment where uh, Hooper and Quint almost uh, come to blows because, yeah, Qu- uh, Hooper realizes that Quint's. Uh, even though he was just from... I, I get the feeling that Quint legitimately did mean to take the boat back into closer to land, but once he had some time to think on uh, the top of the ship uh, be- behind the steering wheel, he was all like, eh, fuck it. I- I- I'm going to make my last stand here. So he really kicks up the engine until it burns itself out. And yeah, Hooper almost gets into a physical fist fight with him because he realizes what Hooper's what Quint's doing. Yeah. And then like, yeah, Quint almost knocks him like right off the bridge and... And even uh, uh, Hooper turns to Brody and is like, just, he's going to buy, he, he's, he essentially makes motion to him and says, okay, he's about to kill the boat, so hold on, this is going to get really bad here. Yeah. Ignore, they ignore the black smoke pouring out of the engine until they can't ignore it because there's too much and shit explodes. And good job, Quint. 
You're great at your job. I mean, it's actually, you know what, actually watching it in HD too, you can see right here, there's a couple shots where you can actually see land is within the distance. Yeah. They're only a couple miles out from that land, so, which is even more infuriating if Quinn had just held on for five minutes. It wouldn't yeah. have mattered. They could have just like, oh, Quinn, you fucking idiot. I love Quinn, but Jesus Christ, get the your own big dick out of your mouth. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so, uh. Quint goes and looks at the damage, and that's a life jacket he won't be putting on, but he gives one to Brody and one to Hooper. There's a and nice he, little scene because, you know, his, his little ditty song, Farewell Adieu, these fair Spanish ladies. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment where he's checking the damage under uh, in the belly of the ship, which is now half-flooded. The ship is obviously fucked up. They're obviously going to sink. Um, there's a great moment where he's just looking for equipment he can salvage from the belly of the ship, and he looks over and he sees... Uh, the, 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 the life vests and it's the, the score re, uh, reprises the farewell and adieu, uh, Spanish ladies melody, almost kind mm. of mocking him a little bit, which I always thought was a little great touch by John Williams. But anyway, that's, that's me getting into the weed spot. Just little so, details in this movie. Hooper thinks that if he gets close enough to the shark, he can poke him in the mouth with and give yeah. him 20 cc well, of some or other. It's, a, it's kind of a nice little scene because it's, it's actually Quint is the one who actually asks Hooper if he can actually, if he has anything that could actually fuck up the shark, it's actually Quint finally submitting to Hooper, because he's obviously out of ideas, all of his old tricks have not worked, and so this is him kind of like throwing in the last thing saying, hey, hey, Hooper, I need, we need your help here. And then, yeah, Hooper's all like, yeah, I've got, I've got poison spear. <laughs> yeah. So, he can climb into the shark cage, and they'll lower him in the water, and he'll reach out and bap the shark on the nose and give him the shot. He yeah. takes a spear gun, and there's a great moment where Brody is like, "You like you you fucking crazy? That's not gonna work." And uh, Hooper uh, snaps back. You got any better suggestions? And the camera cuts back to Brody, and you think it's gonna be Brody responding to that question, but instead it just cuts straight to Brody uh, being handed a big piece of the shark cage, and it just cuts right from there right into like a little montage of them assembling Hooper's shark cage, which I always yeah. thought was a, like really cool transition. Even as a kid, I thought it was kind of cool because it cuts from the middle of the conversation to them just doing like things are desperate enough that there's not even any more time to even discuss this shit like it just cuts right into them doing what needs to get done even though they know everyone pretty much agrees that this is not going to work they've got to try something and yeah. so they're assembling the, the the shark cage for hooper it's a weird choice to use the 18 theme music as they assemble it <laughs> this is kind of a little bit because it's even like yeah they, they, even these personality types like all you need was ba barack is freaking out about how much he hates to fly how much he hates flying fish <laughs> in the background or something like that but yeah, well, yeah hooper, hooper yeah he it. He's, yeah. he's too nervous. He can't spit in his goggles. He's got no spit. That's a nice little moment. Then under he goes. And yeah. uh, the Jaws music kicks in. And the shark goes by his cage and off into the void. And yeah, he... suddenly the shark turns into from being a robot into being a really nice, actual, real, like, stock footage of a shark. Yeah. yeah. And then he comes up from behind and says, hello, and oh, bumps no! the cage. Yeah. Which makes Hooper drop his spear right away. Motherfucker Sh needs a Wii remote cord for that shit. <laughs> they should have duct taped that fucking thing to his fucking hand. And all, not only that, but like he had, was holding the, the goddamn thing outside of the cage. Like it's yeah. the whole point of the spear is that you can hold it well, yeah, and still and stab things while inside the cage. I went uh, shark diving in Hawaii on my honeymoon. And yeah. those were just Guatemalan sharks, or Galapagos sharks, not Guatemalan. Galapagos okay. sharks. Galapagos. And they were like, 
they were like, hey, don't put your hands outside of the cage, because those fuckers are dumb, and they eat crabs, but they'll bite your hands, because they're yeah. fucking dumb. Motherfucker, this guy should know not to stick his hand outside the cage. <laughs> yeah, but he does, he loses the, the goddamn pole, mm. uh, the fucking shark attacks the shit out of the cage, bends yep. the shit out of it. Yeah. Luckily, um, he bends it just enough a that, times. yeah, with like, yeah, but not enough. He doesn't like, he, he, like, he only has a knife. He doesn't have any poison left, so it's just Stab him just him trying to escape. Stab him in the eyeball. <laughs> That's not the worst idea. Stab him <laughs> in the gills or something like that. But like, yeah, suddenly you see like it must be like it looks like a shark attacking like a little prop model yeah, of the this, shark cage, like just thrashing the shit out of it. Really wants to kill these dudes. These dudes specifically, like, yeah. um, in the original book, which I read as a kid, this is the scene where Richard Dreyfuss's character, he just gets flat out fucking eaten by the shark. But mm. in the movie, because John, John, or uh, just Steven Spielberg was in love with Richard Dreyfuss enough, he was like, you're my, you're my stand-in for me, I'm not gonna kill you because I like you enough, I want to use you in more movies, mm. I'm gonna make you live. And so he just falls out of the cage without being chased by the shark. Yep, he swims down to the bottom and hides. <laughs> yeah. So then the shark gets the keen idea. It's, it's probably be best if he just jumped onto the boat and fucked the back <laughs> end up. Well, there's a moment where like Hooper and Qu or uh, Quint and Brody are like, "Oh shit!" They they they, they pull up the shark cage. They think, "Oh it's yeah." Yeah, they they think they they think uh, Hooper's dead, but yeah, no, it is great. Like both Hooper and Brody, after they bring up the cage, they're like both walking back into the cabin, and then suddenly, just out of yeah, really is the shark just saying, "Hey guys, fuck y'alls," and he does a <laughs> belly flop onto the back of the ship, totally mm -hmm. destroying the whole back half of it. Uh, yeah. Brody's lucky enough that he was farther into the cabin that so that when the whole ship gets teetered backwards, he doesn't immediately slide into the shark's mouth, but Quint is not so lucky. Uh, he yeah. has nothing to keep him from sliding right out of the cabin door into the shark's mouth, and, like, uh, Brody tries to grab onto him, and he can't hold onto him, and Quint's all like, Oh my god, isn't this ironic? <laughs> I'm getting eaten by the fish that I said I hated so much. Yeah, he cried, I thought it would be alcoholism! <laughs> I don't get my peach brandy, fuck all y'all motherfuckers! <laughs> yeah, so I feel like he should have at least gotten the, like, stab in the eye or something. Or something, he, just, he does! He just gets to spit blood everywhere. Yeah! <laughs> There's a bit of an editing weirdness where suddenly he's got a machete in his hands that he's stabbing into the shark's face mm. that he didn't have just a second earlier. But, yeah, I don't know if, like, they cut out a big scene where, um, I don't know what's going on. Now but, he's dead. He gets drugged in the water. Yeah, he right, gets, yeah, well, especially that shot where he get, like spits out all the blood out of his mouth is super gratuitous and... And yeah, but the sh he gets pulled into the water. Shark takes him away, and it's all mm -hmm. and like the fucking boat is fucked. It's slowly just sinking in the water. And Brody's like, yeah. oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, you know what is? It's funny detail if you really look and pay attention. The thing that really kills Quint is Quint is trying to barely hang on to the door frame uh, to keep from falling into the uh, shark's mouth. But it's one of Hooper's gas canisters that rolls onto his knuckles that mm. causes him to lose his grip that he that, that's what he so there he's still even then lying in the fact that oh we got these gas canisters here from yeah. hooper which becomes play into play in the neck right here so the boat starts to sink and the, the brody's in the cabin and the shark comes crashing through the window in the cabin so brody it's got tattered quint meat that's teeth yeah brody tosses one of the oxygen tanks into its mouth and it swims off and, and it's he, all like 
this shark looks really bad here because it's all like it's just like thrashing its head very robotically within the uh the the smashed cabin of the ship and then it just finally goes okay yeah and goes away yeah the 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 uh the boat starts to sink more, and Jaws attacks Brody, who stabs him in the head a bunch of times before Jaws yanks the spear away and then backs up and starts charging towards the mast with as what's left of Brody is in its or what's left of Quint in its mouth, and Brody starts yeah. shooting at him with his his rifle and uh and he's oh come on, I smile, you son of a kerblamzo! Yeah, it shoots the tank in its mouth, and the shark explodes everywhere. It's pink and orange and shit. Yeah, I think they said they just took like a giant, like giant, like plastic bag and filled it with like rotting sushi and calamari and mm. red and pink and orange paints, and just blew it up with dynamite. Nice. And they just did all that one big shot, and that's that's the big. I don't know what they did for the underwater shot because uh, the the shark blows up, but then. You get to see it, uh, it, the remains of, like, this back half of it kind of sinks down into the water with all this great, just dark, dark, dark bread blood just oozing out of it and until it essentially just blots out the camera and everything turns black. Yeah. And there's uh, there's a bit of a roar that's happening there that's supposedly the, the sound of the creature from the Black Lagoon being slowed down. Huh. That is the the, 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 the roar of the, the shark dying right there at that moment mm. and... And yeah, that's it. Jaws so, got fucked up. Hooper comes up to the surface, swims over to Brody. Just, he's just like, hey, what's going on? They laugh, and he says, Quinn? And he says, Brody says, no. And they can't. <laughs> they stop laughing. So they, they start to long swim back to shore with two barrels, and they wonder what day it is, because the tide's with them. Brody asks, says he used to hate the water. Hooper says he can't imagine why. And the movie ends. Thanks yeah, for not ends. eating the mayor, Josh. You had one job to eat the mayor, you fuck. Jeez. <laughs> the mayor's like the one character smart enough not to even go into the water at any point in this film. He's like, fuck that, I'm not even getting a bathing suit. I'm gonna stay in this cheap ass anchor suit. Now that I think time. about it, like him being on the car ferry with uh, Brody earlier in the film, that's the closest to, the, to being on the water he ever gets in this film. Yeah, the shark should have took, taken him out right there. Jesus. Yep. That's um, Jaws. I can't wait to watch Jaws, Jaws 2 and Jaws 3D. Oh, God. Yeah, you you even talked about jumping straight to Jaws 3D. <laughs> that was, I was not I serious. love Dennis Quaid. I'll watch any Dennis Quaid movie, but that is even... Ugh, that is a bad fucking movie. Granted, I have not seen it since, like, 1987. Seen it in the theaters? Oh, no. I saw it in, like, an HBO back in the day. Uh, okay. But it was just like, cause like it's Jaws attacking him, attacking like a sea world, mm-hmm. and it's not even like you have a community with like real people involved. It's just like all these. It's they're trying to do like this almost like Friday the Thirteenth thing where it's like Jaws is just eating all the all of these counselors who work at this sea world. Yeah, and and it's just like everyone's having sex and the the the, the shark is eating them and it's just. And of course, it's a 3D movie. It's Jaws 3D, so every other scene, someone's like using a yo-yo or something at the camera, and it's just like, oh my god, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. And it is worth it for the last shot of the sh- of the of of the shark going through the windows of the underwater observatory. You mean the loaf of bread shaped like a shark? <laughs> exactly. Not moving. It's almost like a cutout still photograph, cut, like going <laughs> going through a window, and it's yeah, it's. You could, but you could just look up the animated GIF online. That's all you really need from uh, Jaws uh, 3D. Yeah. Oh my God! That but... was Jaws. It's, What'd you think? It's fine. Yeah. 
It's there's some slow parts. There's some, but it's fine. Yeah, it's Fourth of July, old timey. That movie's almost forty-five I mean, years it's, old. It's like Frankenstein, where it's like, yeah, I guess this could have been scary at one point in time. But, but... yeah, it is very much a relic of its time. Yeah. Um, it's old. But it's, hey, yeah. It's like us. It's old. Are there any particular parts that you liked or performances or anything like that? I mean, nothing, <laughs> okay, that's nothing, that's as much as it, I can I, hope for. Well, no, it it all kept the same. Like, I, I, there was nothing that I was like, oh, that part was really good. It just kind of kept yeah. the same. It was consistently fine all the way through. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Trivia for Jaws. Uh, Spielberg was signed on to Jaws before his first movie, The Sugarland Express, had even come out. And uh, Spielberg even considered dropping out of the project to direct another film called Lucky Lady instead. Uh, Spielberg was afraid of being typecast as a quote-unquote truck and shark director, uh, which is a really weird thing to <laughs> well, worry about. All those into. truck and shark directors out there. I mean, I guess if you just take Duel and Jaws into consideration, they're very similar movies where it's just like an every everyday man being attacked by some unknowable monster thing. But yeah, it's not like they're that similar enough that like... Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to worry about getting tap typecast into, but yeah. Um, but obviously that never worked out. Uh, Spielberg obviously just stuck with Jaws and, and finished it up. Uh, weirdly enough, though, Lucky Lady wound up being made in England by another director. It was while visiting the Lucky Lady set that George Lucas recruited most of the crew that would go on to work on Star Wars a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Jaws author Peter Benchley, who I did mention shows up briefly as a, t- a TV reporter in the finished film, uh, he tried to knock out three drafts of the movie screenplay himself, but even he admitted that he wasn't very good at any of the character stuff. Mm. And so Spielberg turned to a buddy of his named Carl Gottlieb, who had been writing for the Odd Couple sitcom, and mm. asked him if he could punch up the script a little bit. And uh, Gottlieb uh, wound up uh, pretty much uh, rewriting the whole script, uh, Stend the Sturm, and it was more or less what we saw in the finished film. There, I think the, there were a couple other ghostwriters that punched it up a little bit too, but he was kind of, he did most of the heavy lifting for the for the version of the movie that would, that wound up being made. Uh, except, for, like, aside from little things like, yeah, Robert Chop writing the USS oh, Indianapolis yeah. bit at the end. And, oh, yeah. I just imagined this movie with Jack Lemmon as Hooper and uh, <laughs> Walter Matthau as Quint. It cut somebody, I think the studio was pressuring Spielberg to hire... Uh, oh my god, who's the guy who, who, from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z? He can't stand these Planet of the Apes. Uh, <laughs> Charlton Heston, they want oh. Charlton Heston to play Brody. I thought you were gonna... <laughs> I was like, the cartoon guy? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god. Um, also, Car Gottlieb, yeah, he played the newspaper, uh guy in the movie. He's the dude mm. in the blue suit at the City Hall scene. He was all like, oh, we're gonna bury Mrs. Kittner's advertisement so far, it'll be in the, the, the grocery coupons. Mm. Um, but da dun da da dun 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 And lastly, Brody's wife was played by Lorraine Gary, who was the wife of Universal President Sid Scheinberg. It was Sid Scheinberg, who in just a few years after Jaws was made, who would try to sue Nintendo over the name Donkey Kong, and would ask that Marty's mom in Back to the Future be named Lorraine in her honor. Mm. Um, and yeah, because she happened to be ma- uh, married to the president of Universal Studios, when it came time to make Jaws 4, no one else wanted to be the star. And so the Universal <laughs> president was like, hey, why don't we make you the star, honey? And 
That's another thing this movie reminded me. You didn't have to be attractive in the 70s to be a movie star. No! You could just be a person. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to be all glammed up. You could be a 75-year-old mom. Uh-huh. And <laughs> you, you could be a Moses lack and still get a paycheck in Hollywood. Charles Bronze is living proof of that. Oh, God, I was watching Best of the Worth with, like, Death, Death Wish 3 today, and I forgot Charles Bronson was, like, 95 years old in, like, 1987. <laughs> no wonder, like, every time I see younger Charles Bronson in anything we do, I'm just totally amazed, because I can't believe he was ever anything but, like, a frail little monkey man. <laughs> you got it, uh, bucko. He's <laughs> like a little capuchin monkey with a gun. <laughs> Anyway, so that's, 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 that. I mean, there's more trivia about Jaws, just about how, like, shocking, because it was filmed on water, it took, like, the movie went, like, double over budget, double over schedule, because Spielberg didn't anticipate how difficult it was to shoot on water and all this stuff, but, eh, yeah, whatever, he still got it made, and it made his career, it was so, it did so well, he could do pretty much whatever he wanted for the rest of his life. Mildly successful. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right, I think, yeah, it became the biggest hit of all time. Yeah, and like it's it, it wound up reshaping movie release culture. It was the first movie that really like to to plant a uh, plant a flag in summer and say, "Hey, mm. you can." Uh, this this is something I or I almost don't even believe because it just seems so antithetical to how movies work these days. But supposedly everyone says that before Jaws, no one really wanted to put out movies in the summertime because no one wanted everyone wanted to go to the beach. Uh, and I guess there were so few movie theaters that were consistently air-conditioned enough that no one yeah. wanted to go to the movie theaters, but after Jaws, people realized that you could put out a big movie in the summer and it'll draw an audience, and of course after that, like, you know, just two years after this, Star Wars came out in the summertime, and that totally, between those two movies, totally reshaped, you know, the the summer blockbuster, well, invented the summer blockbuster eventually, and changed the landscape of Hollywood forever, so yeah. that's that's what Jaws did. Yeah. It eated the people and it changed the landscape oh, of yeah. the world, of the films. Mm-hmm, that was Jaws. Bill doesn't that know does. what he's doing next time, so it's going to be... Quite, I have a couple ideas, but I have to nail that stuff down. It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise, but we hope that you guys enjoyed this. Not particularly patriotic, but still vaguely 4th of July-themed entertainment. Well, I mean, the movie was... No, this movie was... Uh, red, white, and blue. Red for the blood, white for the shark, and blue for the water. Oh, <laughs> shit. I salute you. You should work in marketing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's murdered on Twitter. I'm you, the Daniel. Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. Tardy Podcast on Facebook, which we still need to update every once in a while. <laughs> Something eventually. You have to read. Hey, yeah. Oh, I was thinking about that today while on the toilet. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah last week we were talking about we were going to put up the... The bump the lamp thing on Facebook yeah. uh, from YouTube about Roger Rabbit and I always remember. Well, I when got it sick work. in the last week, so I forgot to even post about Roger Rabbit as much as I did, just even on other venues. But ugh, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure shit out. Anyway. We'll figure shit out. Yeah, that was Jaws. Next time it'll be something. Who the fuck? Something. It'll be. It'll. It'll definitely be a thing. It'll be a thing. You'll see. You'll all see. Yeah, I got no witty ending for this. So. Uh... <laughs> I was gonna one time not run roughshod over what you had to say, and then <laughs> no. Nope, uh, okay, nothing. that's just, next. This I is guess, us. Maybe we'll find next time. We'll get a bigger podcast. 
drug. <laughs> this is us. We, we, we lashed two barrels to a plank of wood. Mm-hmm. Now we're sw- swimming back home. Mm-hmm. And now it's like there's seagulls and the credits are rolling over our own podcast because we've saved the day because we blew up a shark. Yeah. And we exploded yeah. him, but good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. That's Joyce. <laughs> I'll always remember the old man titties. Thanks, hacky sack. Bad hat Harry and his hacky sack titties. <laughs> God, the way he like wipes under them. It's the most haunting. It's the best special effect in the like people talk about it, the best special effect in Clerks Two Ooh. is Rosaria Dawson dancing. This is the same thing but opposite for yeah. Jaws, where it's his fucking pouchy. Because I'm I'm fat and I got man tits, but at least they're kind of spread out. He's got like he's got like two tennis balls hanging yeah. from his chest. That are just like they almost. I almost expect him to make cat bell sounds when he dries them off. You know they. Say and he no- goes out of his way to dry them off. Like Spielberg was like, you know what? I that that needs to be a thing. Like you know, dry they say, your titties. They say not to look Medusa in her eyes, and I, I feel like that's what his titties were like. You look directly in their eyes, and you're just you're cursed forever. Oh God, yeah. yeah. All right. Until oh. next time. Keep feeling your host pop culture. We'll see you with the next time, everybody. Goodbye. Take care, guys.
Just hold your breath and see when the time is right. Birds will back your face. You're sort of pitchy. Hmm. Didn't like it? Listen, man, I'm not your friend. Hmm. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> 